We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on the Big Daddy Graham shift tonight on a Tuesday night into a Wednesday morning. Number of things that we will get to throughout the course of the show. It is um, my final show before Thursday night. Eagles Bucks at the link. Uh, Very excited for that one. Uh, I, I, I suppose. I mean, I don't. Think the Eagles have a tremendous chance to win this game, but we will preview that a little later on. I'll give you my keys to to victory. Uh, I'll give you my prediction. Have you uh, made a decision on if you will attend? On if I will, t- I do not think I am attending. Uh, I think this is a, I think this is a comfort of my own home. You know, maybe have a, have a couple beers. I knew you, you know? were pondering at one point. Yeah, I was pondering, um, but you know, this is the the kind of the perils of being in the spot I'm in where a lot of my friends would prefer to go to a Sunday afternoon game as is their right. Um, but you know, this is the one game where I like have off, you know, because normally I could go to one o'clock game and, and come in for a Sunday night. And, and I certainly probably will end up doing that throughout the course of the year. But when you have completely off, you know, it's just a little different. You can relax a little more. Um, but, uh, I will uh, probably be watching this one from home. Who knows? You know, I could get the spur of the moment kind of itch and go on down to the link. But uh, I think I'm probably going to be watching this one at home. And and hey, now, you know, I'm going to have to have the two screen uh, situation going on because we're going to have a very important NLDS game five elimination game five uh, between Gabe and the Dodgers going on at the same time. So uh, well, I'll have to keep track of that. So uh, or how disappointed are you about that, Mike? Because. You are a huge Gabe fan. Yeah, you're a Gabe, you're a Gabe man. You have made that Gabe man, clear yeah. several times. Um, and 
you have to work during these games and you're, I mean, you're, let's face it. What, what you're basically the, what's your exact title? I don't want to screw anything up here. Disrespect Jack. If I were to, you know, give him, give, give you, his oh, title. Sorry, what are you Eagles. You're talking. Yeah. About? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just call myself lead producer. I don't, okay. I don't know what my actual title is. Okay. All right. I, I just studio the, producer. I okay. Say. Studio Cause, producer. Cause Joe McPeak is the, the producer, executive producer. Correct. Well, that's Merrill. That right. That's Merrill. Um, and then Joe McPeak's the next producer. <laughs> uh, gotcha. Um, so yeah, you're gonna. Is, is it going to be difficult for you to keep up to date with what's going on in uh, Game Five? Um, you know, I, I don't know about difficult. It's you know, I don't know. I've I've a screen here. I've a screen yeah, behind me. Right. I'll, right. I'll take it down. All right, just make it. Just it, it sure. won't be the same experience as you know watching it from home, but you know, you'll make it through. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's going on. We will recap the day in the MLB playoffs a little later on as the Houston Astros advance, which Mike and I were having a little chuckle about before the show with all the uh, cheating with the Red Sox and the Astros the last couple of years. Maybe it didn't really matter all that much in the end. I mean, they both get get banged for it. But now they're both in the ALCS. So uh, the Astros advance, the Braves. Five straight ALCSs. Uh, yeah, impressive. For the, the Houston Astros. Wow, that is that is very impressive. Um, and we both picked them to win the World Series at the beginning of the uh, of the playoffs. Well, remember, too, uh, preseason, I suggested people take Astros plus 900 win the American League. Well, that bet's... So, did you do it yourself? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, well, you're looking pretty good on that front. Uh, the Braves won. I'll start the show off with a little social media gripe. I do have several social media gripes coming up to 240. But, um, you know, and I don't know if this is people being sarcastic, but saying, oh, well, this should be the Phillies in this situation should not be the Phillies in this situation. And if the Phillies had played the Brewers in that series, they would have gotten rolled. They would not have beaten the Brewers. Um, <laughs> contrary to what Dave Dombrowski or Dombo, as I like to call him, had to say at the end of the season, nobody was afraid to play the Phillies. I mean, that was maybe the most ridiculous comment I've, I've ever heard. Uh, but the Braves move on. They will take on the winner of Dodgers-Giants uh, in the National League Championship Series. We'll get into that later on. As I said, we'll get into Eagles-Bucks. We have Dave Uram joining us at four for his weekly spot. And most importantly, where we will start tonight, continuing to deal with the chaos and the fallout from Ben Simmons' return to Philadelphia and seemingly his return to the Philadelphia 76ers. Day later... Not a ton new to report publicly at this point, but what we do know with Ben Simmons right now is he was in Camden on Tuesday. He apparently took his physical, passed his physical, met with Doc Rivers, met with Daryl Morey. The contents of that meeting I have not seen reported. If I miss that and anybody has seen it, please let me know. Um, But... He met with the higher-ups in the organization, took his physical, um, and at least for now, things seem to be progressing toward a return to the floor. Simmons can work out for now in isolation. He still can't participate in team workouts. That won't happen until Friday. 
uh, in cooperation with the league's health and safety protocols. But Ben Simmons seems to be on the road toward a return to the floor. Now, I don't know if that will be next week. I was listening. We have some sound a little later on to play from the Hoop Collective podcast from Ramona Shelburne. We have some Zach Lowe, including a, a hell of a Zach Lowe take that I uh, I really enjoyed and I quite frankly agree with. Um, and, you know, they had talked about maybe Ben, they wouldn't expect him to be in action for about two weeks. I don't know why that would be the case. I don't think it would be that difficult to just have him, you know, I'm sure he's been keeping himself in, in playing condition. I don't see why Ben Simmons couldn't suit up next week if that is the uh, intention at some point. Uh, but it seems like Ben Simmons is headed toward a return. And I would presume that he returns and plays. At least that's what I will assume until it's reported otherwise that you know he's going to sit out or fake an injury or anything like that. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and believe that Ben Simmons is coming back right now with the intention uh, to play for the 76ers. And, you know, there's obviously a lot that has happened over the last four months since the end of that Atlanta series. I don't need to recap all of it for you, but whether it's the comments with Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid, all the leaks from Ben Simmons' camp, the ugliness of how Simmons feels he was unfairly treated, the ugliness of how the Sixers feel like Ben Simmons quit on them and didn't act like a professional in uh, this situation. But now we find ourselves in this spot where it's it, it behooves everyone to move forward. And I talked about that a lot last night, where the reason why I think this can work is because it's in the best interest of all parties involved. Whether that means trying to get things figured out and trying to get things legitimately fixed for Ben Simmons to remain in Philadelphia long-term, or whether that means Ben Simmons coming back and playing so he can rehabilitate his trade value, increase his value and standing around the league so he can eventually get traded, which I believe is what Ben Simmons still wants and what I believe the 76ers in the end still want themselves. And that's where we are right now, and that's how things uh, look at this point. Regardless of what has happened, this only works if everyone is on board. And this only works if everyone is bought in to this situation and how we're going to go about it. Whether this solution is a long-term one, where Ben Simmons can maybe uh, rehabilitate his relationship with the organization or if it's a short-term one as i mentioned where this can ultimately expedite a trade somewhere else this is only going to work for everybody if everybody is willing to play ball and when i look at this situation i don't worry about the people within the sixers organization i think the sixers recently at least you can question how they handled it over the summer the public nature of shopping ben simmons around but at least in recent weeks I think everybody in the Sixers organization has handled this as well as humanly possible and has done everything to make it at least a possibility for Ben Simmons to return to the 76ers and to take the floor as a 76er once again. I don't worry about the players. 
I don't worry about Doc Rivers. They might still be frustrated with Ben Simmons, but they are ready to take Ben Simmons back, and they are ready to move forward. And Joel Embiid talked a little bit about that after the preseason game last night. Here was Embiid talking about the Sixers ultimately being better with Ben. Something that, you know, everybody wanted. Uh, you know, I've always said that, uh, you know, I believe uh, that he gives us the best, you know, chance to win. Uh, you know, uh, we are better team, you know, with him than without. Uh, you know, that's for sure. I mean, there's no doubt. Like, if you're not going to trade him, regardless of how you feel about Ben Simmons as a player and whether he's a player that can win a championship, be a point guard on a championship team, all that stuff, this roster is better with him on the floor than him off the floor. The things he provides, is he a liability offensively at times? Yes. But the things that he can do help you, especially during the regular season, which is far more conducive to his style of basketball and his strengths than postseason basketball is. I talked about that many times, how I think it's essentially a different sport. Like postseason basketball is much different in terms of what you need to win and the types of players you need to win, especially down the stretch. But this is only going to work if everybody's on board. And here was Joel Embiid after the game talking about just that. Everybody has to buy it, uh, you know, and because if, you know, one or two people don't buy then, you know, you have no chance. So we just need to buy it and believe that uh, we have a chance to win, uh, which, you know, I believe with the group that we have. And, you know, obviously in the back, uh, believe that, you know, we have a chance to win. And that's what needs to happen. If this is going to work, everybody does need to buy in. And as I said, I'm not worried about Joel Embiid or Tobias Harris or, you know, Tyrese Maxey, any of these guys on the Sixers. I'm not worried about the buy-in from their standpoint, the buy-in from the coaching staff standpoint. I think everybody there is on board. That being said, you'd be crazy if you didn't worry about the Ben Simmons side of it and what his motives are. Because... I still can't figure out and I still can't really wrap my head around how all of this went down Monday night because it does not seem like a situation where Ben Simmons and his motives were completely pure when he just shows up completely unannounced. Here was the Woj report again uh, from Monday night on how Ben Simmons arrived in Philadelphia. The morning started with the 76ers talking to Rich Paul, uh, Ben Simmons' agent, about him coming in. Philadelphia thought he would probably come later in the week. And all of a sudden, near the opening tip tonight of that Brooklyn-Philly preseason game, I'm told that Elton Brand, who's the Sixers general manager, works with Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, gets a text message essentially saying, hey, Ben's outside the building. He needs to get in to come take his COVID test. And that's how the Sixers found out that Ben Simmons, after two weeks away in the preseason, had returned to Philadelphia. He took his COVID test tonight, and he is back, uh, he is back with the organization right now. That is worrisome because it does not, you know, if you're really on board with the organization, you feel like you let them know you're coming in, you have a more um, announced presence, and it's a smoother operation than the way it was. It, it almost seemed like Ben Simmons wanted to embarrass the Sixers in this situation. 
like he wanted to take the Sixers by surprise. Here was more from Woj on uh, how he sees this and the organization uh, needing to resell Ben Simmons on coming back to Philadelphia. I think now for the organization, I think it's on Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey and Joel Embiid, you know, to continue to set that tone that they're welcoming Ben Simmons back in. They want to convince him to stay long-term. They want him to, to reintegrate into this team. There's a lot of conversations that have to happen. Ben Simmons has not been talking with the organization at all, but now he can come in, uh, start those conversations, see where his head is. He has wanted a trade. I think coming back in, there's some thought that by playing, it might get him to a trade quicker, but the organization wants to work on selling, reselling Ben Simmons on a future there. This is going to be fascinating how this plays out, Scott. Now, regardless whether you believe that or not, and I I don't, like, I don't think that this is being done with the intention of Ben coming back long-term. I think this is being done with the intention of, hey, this is the best way that we can get a trade done. And I think that's what the Sixers have been telling Ben Simmons, that you want out. We understand you want out. I don't think anything has changed on that front. Ben Simmons does not want to be here. And I think the Sixers have told him, we will work on getting you somewhere else. But the only way we can do that in a a manner that makes sense for us is that you need to come in and you need to play. But the question then becomes, can Ben Simmons put his feelings aside? Because as Joel Embiid said, it's not going to matter and it's not going to work. None of this plan to rehabilitate his value or keep him long-term works unless Ben Simmons decides to buy in. And unless he decides that he is going to be a professional, he's going to put his feelings aside and he's going to work with the organization and do everything he can to help the 76ers while he is a 76er. And that's the question I have for you tonight. From the Ben Simmons side, can he put his his feelings aside? Will Ben Simmons play ball regardless of whether he wants to be here or not? Can he do what he has not done so far throughout this whole situation? Which is put his wants and his you know, immediate gratification uh, requirements to the background and do what's for the greater good of not just him, but also for the 76ers. Do you think he is serious about coming back here and being a part of this team? Or is this just his latest attempt to blow things up? Because that part of it does worry me. And if that is the intention here, and if that is the end goal, for Simmons to just come back and make things so uncomfortable and maybe do, you know, out of the James Harden playbook, what James Harden did in Houston last year, and come in and be a problem. And and I don't think he's got that kind of personality. It doesn't seem like he does. But do you worry that that is what this return is all about? And I think Stephen A. Smith put it perfectly. He talked about the Ben Simmons situation, and he put it this way, and I think it was pretty accurate. Here's Stephen A. on the options Ben Simmons now has in front of him. Last night, according to Woj, Sixers general manager Elton Brand got a text saying that Ben Simmons had shown up outside 76ers headquarters. It's like when your DoorDash order arrives, only instead of food, 
Brand got a $177 million point guard. So all the weeks and months of Willie or won't he about Ben Simmons playing for the 76ers again are suddenly over. Ben Simmons is back. He's going to play. The question now is, how is he going to play? The way I see it, he's got three options. One, he could go out and play his ass off every night, make it work in Philly, make the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid ever in Philly into the success it was supposed to be. Two, he could go out and play his ass off every night, but simply to raise his trade value so he can get the Sixers a return they'll actually accept and finally get away from Philadelphia. Or three, he can mail it in, stick up the joint, play like an Australian meat pie, and hope the Sixers give up and give him away for nothing. Those have been Simmons' options. We'll see soon what he's going to do. And he's right. Those are the three options that, that Ben has. And I, I did like the, uh, the comparison to an Australian meat pie from Stephen A. Um, but they're the options that he has. Which option do you think Ben Simmons is going to choose? And do you think this return is Simmons truly deciding to be a professional, put the hard feelings behind him, do what's necessary to help not just the Sixers, but himself get out of Philadelphia the quickest way possible? Or do you think this is just his latest attempt to sow chaos and and break this thing up even further? And to blow this thing up even further. Because if that is Ben Simmons' intention, then it would have been better for him to just stay away. And it would be better for him to not be a part of this team. Now, I don't think he has that kind of personality. Like, I don't think he is the James Harden type that is going to come in and, and you know, be photographed out at clubs. And, I mean, even though he does get photographed out of places, but never really uh, doing inappropriate things. Uh, but that's really the question here. The Harden one is hard to see happening just because if you remember like the how Harden looked in those games and the the type of games they they were you know that was like you know Boogie Cousins and John Wall and the Rockets are down twenty twenty five thirty and like James Harden's like playing at forty percent like but, like odds are the Sixers are going to be either you know within eight or winning or you know close I I, I don't know how. It's just a weird thing to pull off. And plus, like, he doesn't even, like, handle the ball enough in the fourth quarter anyway for it to even, like... Right, and maybe I'm giving Simmons too much credit here, but, like, when he's on the floor, I just can't see him as a guy who's just going to tank it effort-wise on the floor. He's going like, to go in that emoji mode? Yeah, he, he, well, I just think... I think he, he... If he's playing, I think he'll play. And he'll do, you know, he'll do the things that frustrate you. Yeah. But I also think he'll do the things um, that do help the Sixers win and do make him an important player in this league. And that's kind of the question I had to start the show. Is this going to end up being a good thing? And I'm not even talking about long-term, but can this work in terms of Ben Simmons and his motives here? Do you think his motives are pure in, okay, I am irritated, I'm bothered with what happened, but I'm willing to come back, play here for however long it takes to get a trade done. I'll play hard. I'll be a good soldier. I won't necessarily be happy, but I'll do what's necessary. Or do you think this is just the latest in many ploys by Clutch Sports and Rich Paul and Ben Simmons uh, to sow dysfunction and mess with the Sixers organization? Uh, that's the question I have to start the show tonight. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. When we get back, 
I did want to talk a little bit about the Joel Embiid aspect of all of this and why this situation has made me more confident in Joel Embiid as the face of this franchise moving forward than ever before. Um, because the way he's handled it, I think, has been extremely impressive. So we'll get into that a little more when we return. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, open line start the show. You want to get in on Eagles Bucks, uh, you're welcome to. We will preview that tonight. As I said, my last time on before that game. Um, I want to talk about Eagles Panthers and, and some of the things come out of that. You're welcome to as well. Uh, so open line start the show. You're more than welcome to chime in. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Tuesday night into a Wednesday morning. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Talking about the Ben Simmons uh, return and how this thing's going to work. And I don't have worries on the organization side. I do have worries on the Ben Simmons side. And I have worries as to what his motives really are here um, because of the, the fact that you look at this situation and things flipped very quickly, obviously, where he had no intention of coming back, wasn't going to, you know, didn't care, was willing to give up $33 million, whatever they said. Um, and all of a sudden he shows up and shows up unannounced. And the showing up unannounced worries me because you'd feel like if this is really a guy who's trying to put the past behind him, at least for the time being, and come back and help this team. Why would you look to embarrass your organization and take them by surprise? And that's what he did, essentially. And and I need to ask, I need to talk to you, Mike, because we were talking during the break. And, like, I firmly believe that all of this is like a mutual agreement that come back in. This is the only way to get your value up is you play your value rises, we can deal you, you can go somewhere else, we can move on with hopefully a player that fits better and that wants to be here, and we can all move on. But you might be the only person I know that you still believe a long-term solution and reconciliation is possible. Is that correct? Yeah, it's more, it's more than possible. It, it can certainly happen. Why do you Why do you feel that way? Like, for, from Ben, with all the stuff that Ben has said and done... Why do you feel that he still well, he would nothing. like a future? He said nothing. Okay. Well, I think it's fair to assume that a lot of these leaks are coming from Ben's camp. Would that be reasonable to assume? I would word it as I would assume that the leaks are coming from Clutch Sports, which is Ben's camp. Whatever. But yeah. Yeah. But like, it's not coming from like Ben's family. It's not coming from, you know, ben, like that's. To me, camp is more inclusive. I think it's just coming from Clutch, an only Clutch. So you think that Ben is still going to be here? Like, what? The say the over under is the trade deadline. What would you you think that Ben would be here beyond the trade deadline? Yeah, I'd say so. I would say if if Ben's coming back here, he's probably playing playoff games here. Okay, that's an interesting take. I mean, like, how else are they selling him on it? The I think the I think the sell is simple. I think the sell is. We can't trade you until you come back and and your value goes back up. Like we can't trade you right now, so you can sit at home and you can keep t- giving away money, or you can come play. You can yeah. make your money while we're waiting to trade you. You can't have a locker room like that where like your your second or third best player, like whatever top three player, is just there 
and like we're all just kind of waiting for him to be traded, and we have our own playoff aspirations going on over here. It, it, no, it's, it's got to be a team. It, like everyone's got to be in on one. And you asked me why I think it's possible. I think I've been saying it all. I know, in fact, I've been saying it all summer. Like this is a case where if Embiid and Rivers can you know handle this and act mature enough, they sit down, hash it out, figure it out, and you just, you. you you know, you don't forget that it happened, but you just put it behind you and everyone moves on. Like, I just think that, I don't know, I just kind of, I'm not an NBA locker room, but you apply it to, like, stuff in life. And it's, just, like, situations in, like, with people, relationships, like, you just, you put it behind you and you move on. I, I agree. And I have no, I have no question that I think Embiid and Doc can do that. I think Embiid and Doc have done that. I don't think, I don't think well, Ben has yet. Right, but I think Embiid and Doc, everything they are saying leads you to believe they're ready to put this bomb. I agree. I don't think Ben has the same approach. Like, I think this is purely, I don't think this is a situation where Ben is ready to forgive and forget. I think this is simply a situation based where, based on money. I think this is based on money. I think it's based on, he. if he's sitting at home and he's not reporting, he's getting fined. He'd rather come play and be unhappy and collect his checks than sit at home uh, and not play basketball and not get paid at all. Well, wouldn't you come back like last week whenever they found out the CBA, um, when they got clarity on the CBA? I think they honestly believed that this ploy would work. I think they honestly believed that you know holding out would force Daryl Morey's hand and, and pressure the Sixers into doing something they didn't want to do. And the second they realized that wasn't going to be the case, I think that's when Ben Simmons decided to show up. But. Maybe. Yeah, t- time will tell. Uh, but so uh, the question I wanted to ask you though, real sure. quick, was you keep saying Ben Simmons embarrassed the Sixers by showing up. Like, what, what's so embarrassing about like knowing that like okay, the squad's going to be here, my teammates are going to be here. I need to address these people. I'm going to talk to people. Got to knock out the COVID test. I'll do that. We're all in one place right here. Maybe ownership's there. Maybe he knew Elton Brand was going to be there. Maury. You know, let me come to this game, and I'll, I, I won't talk to them pregame, won't distract them, and I'll catch up with them postgame. Like, what's embarrassing about that? Because I don't think I don't think Ben's motives were, oh, I don't want to bother these guys. They're getting ready for an important preseason game. Like, I think he thought that it would be funny to show based up based on what to show up. I mean, funny. It's like, you... like I, you. Do you just like show up at, at people's houses unannounced? Like, yeah. I don't think. That makes this a lot isn't of a sense. House. This it, is like, right, but it would have been extreme. Like, how easy would it have been to just shoot Elton Brand or Daryl Morey a text, be like, "Hey, I'm reporting today. You know, um, uh, I, I'm going to need to get my COVID test. Can somebody wait outside for me?" It's like, why would they be? In- they were in communication with Rich Paul the entire day. The Sixers organization was in communication with Rich Paul the entire day. Why would they not tell the Sixers that he was coming in unless they wanted to embarrass him? I'll grant you it's it's strange and unexpected, but it's not fu- like I don't think he did it because he thought it'd be funny. I think they did it like, because they like, knew like it, Ben's laughing his ass off, like he pulled one off. I I, I do. No, I think I think I do think they they believe that it's something that would make the Sixers look disorganized and stupid. Would, I absolutely believe that. Okay, so I, I think the Sixers like okay. It seemed like the Sixers leaked it more than Ben. It's not like Ben was like. He posted on the gram like, "Hey, got you guys!" And like, <laughs> posted a selfie of like he like, you know, it's a beat or something. Like, this wasn't like a gotcha moment. But, but like, isn't it? But you don't think it's weird that he just shows up out of nowhere at Didn't the I, Wells Fargo I, Center? Forty five st- seconds ago, I said, "I'll grant you, it's unexpected." Yeah, like in an in a 
in a highly, um, you know, visible spot where, you know, they're visible. on no national one TV. Until Woj said it. No, right. it wasn't that visible. But, okay. He shows up at the arena right before a preseason game that's on national TV oh, that national he knows TV. is going to national get. National TV. It's a Monday Night Football night, baseball playoffs. Yeah, everyone's tuned in to see if Ben Simmons is going to show up. That for became a big story Come during on. that Monday night game, did it not? That was a yeah, big. But- and the only reason it wasn't a bigger story is then the Gruden thing happened 10 minutes later. Ben didn't show up because he knew that Sixers and Nets was going to be on preseason national television behind Monday Night Football and four baseball playoff I, games. I, I think I think that you uh, don't think of Ben as nearly as calculated as he is. I think this is calculate. That makes no sense. Like this was a no calculated sense. move where I think him and Rich Paul got together like little schoolgirls and like you know, you know what this you know we can make the Why Sixers be schoolgirls. You know we can make the six schoolboys whatever. Why you know that, we can, well, like, I'm not not not, not gender specific here. But you know how we can make the Sixers look stupid? You talk to them all day long and we'll tell them we'll report, you know, maybe we'll report toward the end of the week and then I'll just show up at the Wells Fargo Center. How funny would that be? I I honestly do think that's what happened. I really do. He probably did it because he knew he uh, technically couldn't get find a game check. Me, that that's that's true too. There's no doubt he showed up before the game, so he could not lose that check. Um, but that goes to my point about this all being about the money. You know, that's what that's what I feel it's about. But well, you thought it was about comedy. I think it's about. I think the comedy's uh, a, a pleasant little um, extra bonus, like a little uh, sprinkle of uh, cream in the coffee, if you will, for Ben and Clutch. That's, okay. what I, that's what I believe. Right. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But honestly, I, I, want, I want to know people's uh, perspective on that. Do you think this was Ben's idea of pulling a prank, showing up at the Wells Fargo Center just prior to tip? I do. I think Clutch thought it would be something that would make the Sixers look disorganized and stupid. And, uh, uh, you know, in some ways it, it did. Um, but uh, what are Ben Simmons' motives here? Do you believe his motives, like Mike, are pure and that he's coming back to be on board and and really rejoin this team? Or are you skeptical like me, where you believe, you know, this is a situation where he could be coming into so more chaos? Like, I, I honestly don't know. Um, and I think Simmons does understand that coming back and playing well is the quickest way to a trade. Um, but the other, the, the, the idea that he would come in and, and try to um, sow some sort of disorganization and chaos within the organization, um, I, I do think is a, vi- a viable concern. Uh, let's go to Adrian. What's up, Adrian? Tom Kelly. What's going on, man? Hey, Kelly, it's football season. You got to know the protocol. The first, I call the big show in the morning. When lose oh, oh, so we're just we're just a little backup show. That's really disrespectful, Adrian. Like I understand, well, well, I understand well, we're not well, as big as the morning show, but come on, you don't need to come on and d- demean us here. We're working our asses. No, 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 not y'all. You, you the back, you the backup. I mean, this is Big Daddy. That's show. what I'm saying. Uh, so I usually call Big Daddy on. T- I'm just letting you know the protocol. I'm not saying which show is bad or not. I usually call Angelo, then I call Big Daddy. Oh. But since Big Daddy ain't here, I got to give you the Wednesday to get you a call. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I'm glad, you pencil- I- I'm glad you penciled me in, Adrian. Thank you very much. I don't know what I'd do if you didn't. No, but let's talk to Ben Simmons, man. All right. um, you know, I-, I just think that Clutch Sports really dropped the ball on this. I mean, if you- you're giving them too much credit. I mean, I, I think Ben Simmons came in the way he came in because – if he would have came in and announced, it would have been just a frenzy. 
So he just came in quietly. Nobody knew. Did what he had to do. Being a professional, went and took his COVID test. Uh, met with whoever he had to met, meet with today. Uh, I think you're gonna get our star Ben Simmons for the uh, again this year. I, I just think that it's, it's to his best advantage to be an be an all star again. Uh, he gives us the best the best opportunity and chance to win a, a championship. So hopefully, you know, I mean, I don't think no one's on the team is mad at him. I don't think none of his teammates is mad at him. Uh, I, I think Joel and B has grown a, a lot. So hopefully, you know. He understands that Ben gives us the best opportunity and the chance to actually win a championship. I mean, I think he gives them a better chance than than not having him at all. I mean, it's it's more useful to have Ben Simmons on the floor than not have him if this is the current roster. But I still think come playoff time, they're not good enough, and and I'd rather have a guy like a Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard. Than well, you're not going to get a Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard, so just get that out your mind. I think with the guys that we had, and they all coming back, I, I think Massey would be a little bit better. I think, you know, a lot of our bench players would be a little bit better. I I, I don't know, Drummond, Drummond is better than – than the center we had last year. Drummond um, stinks, Adrian. Don't, don't no, but, but what, I, what I'm saying is he's better because he's not going to do some of the things that uh, – Dw- Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Oh, you know, Dwight Howard just, just – Come on, Adrian. Where's, where's your mind at? Play. You sound like Danny Dimes. Are you staggering around after uh, – No, you know, you know, I'm what's just going crazy on? about Dwight Howard. You know what I mean? I, I just – I mean, some of the, the, the things he did, some of the checks he got, and I just ain't care for that. So I think Drummond will be a little bit more professional. Um, I think we got a good chance, man. I think, you know, we got a good chance. We bring this thing back, um, and, and we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll see what happens. But Clutch Sports, if I was – I would fire Clutch Sports because Clutch Sports actually dropped the ball. For one, they didn't know what – if Ben was – they didn't calculate that Ben would not get paid. Well, yeah, that's and for an agency that's representing a client, that's a pretty big thing to mess up. That's no, they cost him a million dollars. They did, so, uh, but but, I, ben, I mean, but ben, at the same time, though, Adrian, Ben is a big boy. Like Ben, Ben can make his own decisions in some respect. Well, well you got to understand. This is, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's business. You know what I mean? So you, I mean, you got a you got an agency that you paying all this money to. So you're gonna actually, you know, whatever they ex- tell you to do, you're gonna put, pretty much do. Right. You think they got your best interest in hand? But Clutch Sports dropped the ball. I would fire them. I mean, they they made themselves look silly. They ain't do nothing to the organization because Murray he he stay stay firm. Like if you don't come in, you're not getting paid. Yeah, no, so, I no, I agree with that, Adrian. Clutch looks pretty stupid in all this, but yeah, I, they look real stupid in this. But, real stupid. But before we get out of here, I'm not letting you go without talking about what happened on Sunday. I mean, what's going on with your football team? Uh, well, you got Sa- Saquon's ankle looks like a balloon. Danny Dimes can't 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 walk straight these days. Uh, you got Mike Lennon, that freak giraffe neck guy, as your quarterback. <laughs> what what the hell is going on with the Giants? Are you ready to Are you ready to jump on board with uh, my idea? They're going to be a bottom five team in the league. I tell you this. I tell you this. The same team that came in last place in our division last year will be the same team that come in. Last place this year. We'll see. That's what I'll tell you. Well, we'll see, Adrian. I appreciate the call, man. Thank you very much. Get out of here. What, isn't Glennon, Mike? I was talking about this the other night. I, I not, and I'm uh, maybe this is wrong. I'm not trying to get in hot water or say anything insensitive, but um, I, I guess this probably is insensitive. His neck is freakishly a, tall neck. a bit like a really abnormally sized neck. 
Like, I remember back in the day. Well, he was also 6'7", to be fair. Yeah, I remember back in the day. Who's that guy in the Niners? Merton Hanks. Hey, he had a he had a big neck. A I don't recall neck. Merton Hanks. Yeah, good good safety, by the way. I believe number thirty six, Merton 36 Hanks. Six in the program. Uh, yeah, I I think he was on that ninety four Niner championship team. Beat the Chargers in the uh, in the Super Bowl. One of the first Super Bowls I remember, by the way. Um, but uh, Mike Lennon, just a freakishly freakishly long neck, and I just crack up whenever I see Mike Len- Mike Lennon coming a football game, like and. It's an amazing gig that he's had all these years. It's amazing that he's still in the league. To be that bad and to just keep getting jobs, is it's really a testament to his agent. I mean, maybe Ben should hire whoever Mike Glennon's agent is. The fact that this guy keeps getting jobs. Um, but a very, very weird, weird uh, big neck, Mike Glennon. And I think the biggest mistake that uh, Clutch Sports made was they should have found a team that was... You know, like whispering. They should have found a team that was like in love with Ben before they started all this. Like, they, like not right, not, not a team like Sacramento that's like, yeah, we'll sniff around or like you had to f- have a team that like was willing to go all in on the, or this otherwise didn't make any sense. Or a team that the Sixers, you know, had th- a team that had things the Sixers wanted. Like that's really a big like. You look at the teams that are interested. Okay, we've heard what Indiana, Cleveland, Minnesota, Sacramento. What are the Sixers getting from any of those teams? Like, if well, Sacramento's no, not trading no. you De'Aaron Fox... Well, let's be, there are teams that have stuff the Sixers would want. It's just that they haven't shown that, like, they want Ben enough to to, sac- to you know part with those things. So that's... The issue is, like, Ben didn't have enough... But what do they really have that the Sixers would want outside of, like, Sacramento with Fox? What were the other teams you named? Indiana, like, okay, Brogdon's a nice player. You're not trading Ben Simmons for Brogdon. No. Like, I mean, uh, you know, in Warren. Cleveland, um, you know, Garland's a nice player. You're not trading yeah, Ben Simmons I, I for him. Cleveland's never going to work. Yeah, Minnesota, you're not trading for D'Angelo Russell. Like, it would be uh, Edwards. Y- right, and then Minnesota's not doing that. And that's either. the point, yeah. Right, so, yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, I think Clutch has mishandled this thing from the start, no doubt about it. 215-592-9494. Ooh, I see our buddy Peter and Lawrence on the line. We'll talk to Peter when we get back. Also have a couple social media gripes for you. I did want to get to some Joella or some Ramona Shelburne sound from the Hoop Collective podcast on Joel and Beat. Tom, so if you Google Merton Hanks, mm. a picture of Mike Lennon comes up. Really? How about, <laughs> so I was right. I, that's a win for me. I'm taking that down as a win. And I did notice, I guess, were you not feeling the Glennon conversation, Mike? Because he really... Uh, pivoted off that back to the Sixers very quickly, or did you just have a point you wanted to get? Across? I just had nothing to. Okay, yeah, nothing to add. Okay, yeah. uh, and I don't blame you. It's a tough conversation to. It wasn't that. T- to I have. just had nothing more to. Right, yeah. nothing, nothing more to go off of. But hey, yeah. I'll take that. If you're googling Merton Hanks and Glennon pops up, that's breaking news. You being right, that's a victory for me. Thank you very much. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio ninety four WYP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. I do have a social media gripe today. There's a new trend making the rounds that I just saw for the first time on Tuesday night. Not sure how long this one has been going on, but 
have you, I guess, Mike, you're not on Twitter too much, so I'm not sure if you've seen this one. Ready to search, though. So new. Um, but there's been this thing Tuesday night where uh, people were posting uh, a bunch of red flags. And, like, it would be a statement, like, in quotes, I'm a Cowboys fan. And then, like, a bunch of red flags. And I think it's like, you know, whatever. The emoji? Right. The emo- the red flag emoji. I should have, um, you know, uh, described that better. But the uh, whatever somebody could say that would be followed by a bunch of red flags. And that's like the latest trend that's been going around. So um, what would uh, your uh, tweet for that be? My tweet. Um, my tweet for that. You really put me on the spot. Um would be I don't man I don't know it would be something regarding Ben Simmons and showing up at the Wells Fargo Center um or maybe it would be like you know Mike Glennon has a perfectly regular sized neck and then a bunch of red flags after that as somebody that just doesn't. So a red flag for you is somebody who has a uh incorrect take but that's that's what the red flag um yeah, yeah, tweets are supposed to be so uh, uh, I thought it was like the spirit of it is like red flag he doesn't mind the Cowboys winning like, I thought yeah, that, like, well, I think like it's so- something like that. Like it can be used in a couple different ways. And another one that I I, I feel like this is maybe a little uh, sexist uh, against men, um, but and this is one that I'll see a lot of uh, women tweet out is men will do blank without going to therapy or something like that. You know, damn right. I'm not going to I'm not going to go to therapy. Uh, I don't I, I don't want to go to therapy. I'd like to just bottle up my emotions on the inside and and keep them down there forever. Like what though? Like what I don't know. It's some, you know, you'll see you'll see some of these tweets you search them you'll you'll probably find them. Um but it's like men will do blank without going to therapy or something like that. Like men will do drugs without like, No, like like not 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 do drugs, but like uh, men will you know, I will like not mow the right. lawn, but refuse to go. Right. Something like okay. that. I'm, gotcha. I'm having a hard time tonight with the gripes. But, I was, uh, sorry. I was, yeah. trying, I was trying to tee it up. No, no, you're doing a better job than me. Uh, but there are my, my, uh, gripes tonight. Um, and I also had a gripe with just stupid, uh, people. And I saw one of the, one of the dumbest stories, uh, I've ever seen. And this was like, uh, something that was reported by like news outlets and i don't understand why people give this the time of day but do you know who demi lovato is mike the singer i guess is she an actress i'm not sure if she's an actress i thought she's a singer oh no singer yeah she's definitely a singer um but the title of the uh of the article was that uh demi lovato uh, believes it's 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 irresponsible of us to use the word aliens because right. it is disrespectful to extraterrestrials. <laughs> and it, it says in the article... Uh, is she friends with them? Is that, I, is that I, what's I, going on here? She says, I really think that if there was anything out there that I would want us uh, to have happened by now, I think that we would stop calling them aliens because aliens is a derogatory term for anything. That's why I like to call them ETs. And then it's got an exclamation point at the end of that. Um, the word alien used in, you know, uh, she says an understanding of how much we need to take care of our planet and how much we need to learn how to expand our consciousness. It's not appropriate for us to call extraterrestrials aliens. 
Well, I think we found something red flag worthy. Yes, I think that's a red flag. If you think uh, calling an extraterrestrial an alien is, um, you know, inappropriate, uh, I think that's a that's a you problem. Is this like her, maybe she needs to go to is some this therapy? Like, do you think this know. is like her doing like an extension of like the gender neutral thing? Yeah, I don't know. I just think she's one of these people that just says crazy things because she wants to, you know, uh, be out there. I would love her and Kyrie to have a national. You know what? They'd be a heck together. of a couple. Yeah. Maybe we can get them together. Uh, Kyrie and Demi Lovato, they seem to be on the same wavelength. We'll get to the- Can't stand stupid. We'll get to the Kyrie thing later on because this is like, this is this is pure comedy, what's going on in Brooklyn, where Kyrie is now, um, you know, basically off the team for the time being until he gets vaccinated. I commend the Nets organization. You know, they're just doing what- countless employers have do what we've done here at odyssey would a ton of uh, you know corporations have done where hey if you want to work you got to get vaccinated um and we don't care that you're Kyrie irving uh you need to get vaccinated you're not above anybody else and um we'll see how this works out because if we know there anything about Kyrie, it's that he does not like being told what to do and he likes saying bleep you to everybody, regardless of the situation, whether he's right or wrong. So um, we'll get to the Kyrie thing in detail a little later on. Uh, we have sound from their uh, <laughs> GM. No, I don't think I violated the HIPAA laws at all. I don't think that's how it works. Um, but uh, got to do it in the spirit of Dak. Yeah, exactly. But um, uh, we'll get to the Kyrie stuff in detail a little later on because that situation is 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 pretty funny. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, let's go to our buddy Peter and Lawrence. What's up, Peter? I think they need my therapist talking to them. Debbie Lovato's is not helping her. No, it's not helping her. If at she's all. using her, if Do, she's using. Well, well, what do you what do you think? Peter, do you think that uh, calling extraterrestrials aliens is a derogatory term and something we need, no, to, I do we not. need to unnormalize? I think it's a regular term, which is used for over 30, 40 years since the times of uh, Star Trek and Forbidden Planet. If they knew they're, uh, if they are supposed to be in the movies, therefore they are supposed to know terminology. Yes, I mean, I think I don't think it's inappropriate. I would. I no, would agree I took with you. cinema. I took theater. Oh, and I was even uh, in a play. Really? But we'll, um, we'll play. Talk. We 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 are uh, we, we have some some people here at the station who are actors. Well, let's put it. I took cinema at Mercer County Community College, and I took theater appreciation at Ryder University. Nice. And I saw the father. I think John Waite. Ralph Waite of uh, the Waltons, and uh, um, I forget the name of the author. His uh, play was at the George Playhouse in New Brunswick, near Rutgers, Anna Christie or something like that, back in 91, which was excellent. Okay. But um, talking about Ben Simmons, you know, I wasn't going to call. Until you, you told me, you told everyone that um, he just showed up on the outside of the 76ers complex. Mm-hmm. Now, was he approached by ownership or was he approached by his teammates? Because I've watched several games on TV. 
They won against Toronto. But it looks like when they're playing, it's like there's something missing or someone missing. Well, Do you follow? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I follow, Peter. I just, uh, it's preseason basketball, so just, I'm not, just I'm not feel, putting too, many feel, st- too much stock in those games. You know, it doesn't really I, I know, matter. But I know, yeah. but I just feel as if this is a little awkward of, uh, you know, when A-Rod went public about his steroids in 2009, it was with his teammates and ownership. If the 76ers are going to welcome Ben Simmons back, then they should have a press conference with Ben Simmons, with the owner, with the coaching staff, with several players, including Joe Embiid, and say why he left, why he's coming back, what his goals are, well, that's, on, that's the, on Ben Simmons, Peter. I mean, the pen, if, and that's why if this is going to work, everybody's got to be bought in, include, including Simmons. Yeah, and, and if that's going to happen, Ben Simmons needs to be the one to kind of facilitate that and be on board with that. Because basically, when I walk away from a job, it's because it is not the customers, it is not the ownership, it is management. And if the ownership or management does not make an attempt to bring you back, then there's no reason why to come back and embarrass yourself. Well, they're trying to bring him back, Peter, so I don't think you have to worry about it on that front. Okay, well, then um, then he should play, collect his check, do his best, and if they trade him by the deadline, no harm, no foul. Okay, well, I appreciate it, Peter. Thank you for uh, thank you for checking in tonight. And for Kevin Long, good luck as uh-huh. uh, Philly's hitting coach. Uh-huh. They will have a good one because he did a great job when he was with the Yankees. Okay, with Joe Torre. Well, you know, Joe Girardi did a great job when he was with the Yankees too, and that hasn't worked out too well. Uh, that's that he has not he has not done well with the Phillies. No, and that's coming from a Yankee fan. Yeah, well, we know you're a Yankee fan, Peter. Well, and, I, but the thing is that when I go to Citizens Bank Park, uh-huh. if I am with a friend of mine, her first words are, "If the Yankees are playing the Phillies, you better have a red cap on and a red shirt." There you go. Well, you better you better do that, Peter. You better not disappoint your friend. Okay. All right. You have a nice night. You have a great night. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate the call. Uh, Peter's got a strict lady friend. He does. How about yeah? We got to delve deeper into that next time. Um, But uh, yeah, well, Peter, make sure make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you don't want to don't want to get in any hot water. Uh, So make sure you're you're wearing your Phillies gear when you're going to Phillies Yankees games. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. When we get back, I want to throw a side topic out there for you, and we will get to this Ramona Shelburne sound from the Hoop Collective podcast uh, on Joel Embiid and the way he's handled this situation, which, um, you know, you can have concerns about Ben Simmons and and his buy-in and, and him as a player – but I come out of this offseason much more confident in Joel Embiid as the leader of this team. I'll tell you why when we get back. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP.
Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Open lines right now if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. We will get more into Eagles Bucks throughout the course of the show. Uh, My last time on before that game on Thursday night. Um, And, you know, uh, Eagles obviously at a disadvantage in this one. And I have trouble seeing how they'll be able to stick with the Bucs. I have trouble seeing how they'll be able to defend the Bucs in this game. And it's truly incredible. And we talked about it a billion times, but it's it never fails to astonish me how Tom Brady continues to do what he does at his age. Like, he's 44 years old right now. And he says he wants to play till he's 50. Uh if there's anything we've learned, it's that, you know, the joke's on you if you doubt Tom Brady. Like, everybody that's ever doubted Tom Brady throughout the course of his career um, has lived to regret it. And what's incredible, and I really am interested in reading this um, Seth Wickersham book uh, on the Patriots because it looks fascinating. But, like, it, it details everything that went into the end of the Patriots run and, and their divorce with Brady and... It's just crazy when you think about it, because if anybody, if any two people in the entire world should have known, you know, it's probably not a good idea to underestimate this guy and what he can do. It's Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick, and they decided it was best essentially to move on, and they should have just done whatever Tom Brady wanted them to do. And uh, for him to go to Tampa Bay last year, win a Super Bowl his first year with a team that... Let's face it, it was average before he got there. I mean, you know, Jameis Winston was a guy who had his turnover issues, but um, to take them from what seven and nine, eight and eight, a uh, pretty average team to a Super Bowl champion is incredible. And you know, I want to throw this out there: who's a player in any sport that throughout your life you were thankful that you got to see at one point or another? Because I got to watch Tom Brady play in person one time. Um, and it was an ugly game for the Eagles. It was 2011. Uh, Vince Young, I believe, made the start at quarterback for the Eagles. Michael Vick was out, uh, and Brady absolutely carved him up. And the Patriots were great that year, and not surprising. The Patriots were great every year. Um, and I believe that was the year they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl for the second time. Um, but just, I'm glad that at some point in my life, I got to see Tom Brady play in person so if you want to give me a player you're happy you got to see play in person uh you know at some point uh, i'd love to get those from me do you have any that come to mind mike right off the top of your head that that you got to see that you're glad you know kind of a legendary player that you you got a chance to see them in, in action live i'll think on my best answer but uh for now i'll just add in um i was at that brady game too uh obviously against the eagles and the thing that stood out the most to me seeing him in person was how quietly and smoothly he navigated the pocket. Yeah. And that, that's, that's something that's so underrated about him is, yeah, he's not a runner, but he, he finds a way to like avoid the rush and where he does have like this sixth sense where he just knows when pressure's coming. And thankfully, mm-hmm. you know, he, he didn't sense Brandon Graham's hand in the Super Bowl, uh, but um, he's, he's just an incredible player. And I, we're both Brady guys. Like I never have, I've really never understood the Brady hate. 
I think he's in just an incredible player to watch. Um, I don't find his personality to be off-putting the way some people do. Uh, I don't care about the Nick Foles handshake thing, which people are still worked up about. It's like, okay, get over it. Move on. Will he shake Jalen's? Yeah. Well, the, not if he loses. He probably won't. But that's but that's the thing, though. That's part of like what makes Tom Brady great. And that is that he hates losing more than anybody's ever hated losing. Like, he cannot stand it. And the common thread between him and Jordan and, and these all-time greats is that they hate losing more than they love winning. And that's what makes Tom Brady the player that he is. Uh, so if you want to get in with a player who you were happy to watch live, who you're thankful you got to see live, uh, I'd love to hear your suggestions, your uh, thoughts on that. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But as we talk about the Ben Simmons situation, we've been talking about it a lot again tonight, is um, Ramona Shelburne, who we'll hear from in a minute, uh, just posted an article on ESPN.com talking about Ben Simmons passing his physical, um, talking about the possibility that perhaps he could even make the trip to Detroit and play in the game Friday night when the Sixers play uh, a preseason game. Now, I highly doubt that's going to happen, but well, I, I guess it's possible. I thought that wouldn't fit in the, the protocols. He had to, you know, five days enter in the city. Yeah, well, the way she says it, I didn't get to read the whole thing, but um, what she says is... A source said it's too early to tell whether he'll be cleared to play. So I guess that means there the door is open. I would I would be let's put it this way. I'd be very surprised if Ben Simmons was on the floor for a preseason game at this point. If we do see him, the soonest we'll see him is next Wednesday night, a week from today, when the Sixers open their season in New Orleans uh, against the Pelicans. But regardless of Ben Simmons' future here and how you feel about him moving forward. This offseason has made me feel a lot better about Joel Embiid and his leadership because the leadership Embiid has shown throughout this entire situation has been, you know, pretty outstanding. And I've been so impressed with the way he has dealt and handled with all these all these rumors, all these shots that have been taken by clutch, the leaks that have come out about, oh, well, Simmons wasn't happy with Embiid's comments, wasn't happy with, uh, can't play with Joel Embiid, they don't fit well on the floor, and I feel like he's shown tremendous leadership this entire time, and the most impressive part of it is Joel Embiid being able to see the bigger picture, and this is something we had talked about last night, but, like, I don't doubt that Joel Embiid would prefer Ben Simmons to be elsewhere at this point. Like, I think it's pretty clear. They probably both don't want to play with each other anymore. They would rather be divorced and, and go their separate ways. But Joel Embiid handling this the way that he has is important because he does see the bigger picture. And he understands that while this situation isn't ideal, Ben Simmons coming back is what's best for the long-term future of this team. It's what's most important is how do we end up coming out of this situation better than we went into it. And while I'm sure the short-term gratification for Embiid would be, yeah, oh, yeah, screw this guy. I don't want him here anymore. He's a jerk. Um, you know, he's leaking stuff about me. Uh, forget him. I want him gone. And when 
Ben Simmons and his camp had leaked the kind of things they were leaking negatively about Joel Embiid, I think that's the response, honestly, that they were hoping for. But Joel Embiid is elected to take the high road here and say that, yeah, we're better with Ben and we want Ben back. And in my opinion, it just shows a lot of leadership and him understanding on just a higher level than most players would what's best for the long-term future of this organization and the fact that Ben Simmons coming back and playing is what's best in terms of getting the highest quality of value for him this offseason. And the fact that he sees and shows and, and, and understands and cares about this situation the way he does is really impressive. And I was listening to the Hoop Collective podcast after the show yesterday morning on my way home. And, you know, Ramona Shelburne is very plugged in to the Joel Embiid camp. Like, she wrote the piece about Joel Embiid, uh, when was it, a few months ago, um, about basically his his upbringing and his career uh, since coming into the NBA. They're pretty tight, Embiid and, and Ramona Shelburne. And here she was on the just knowledge Joel Embiid has about the league and how uh, involved he is and how much he cares about front office decisions. You know Joel, Ramona. You think Joel's going to play ball like that, or what do you think? I do, actually. I mean, I think um, Joel is uh, a future general manager if he wants to be. Um, he knows all about negotiation. He did his own contract this year. He knew all where the leverage points were and compared it to other deals. Like, you know, this this guy got, you know, this you know, five years max, no opt-out, no this. No, I mean, no, trade kicker. Like, this guy knows where the Sixers are as a franchise. Like, he used to do that. Sam Hinkie would always tell stories about the two years that he sat out at the beginning of his career. Sam and Joe would sit there and talk about free agency. They would sit there and talk about, you know, players. They would sit there and talk about front office moves. And so I think Joel is essentially, he's the captain of the team, but he's also a, a de facto member of the front office. Like, knows exactly what is at stake here and what needs to happen. And, like, that's just a higher level of understanding, and that's putting the team ahead of yourself. Like, Joel Embiid very easily could have gone nuclear in this situation and decided, you know, screw Ben Simmons. I hate this guy. He has made my life on the floor more difficult the last few years. He hasn't improved his game to complement my game. Everything that we've done as a franchise, everything that I've done as a player has been to help him, and he's done nothing to help me. But Joel Embiid, being the professional and the leader he is, you know, is welcoming Ben back. And I, I think this, like, probably bothers Ben Simmons if Ben Simmons' goal was for Embiid to kind of, uh, you know, lose his cool and, and, you know, make this situation ugly on the Sixers' side. Um, but... I think Embiid's handled it really well. And, and the idea that he he gets from a front office perspective. And Mike, we talked about it last night. And I think I, I might have to take another another W here. Because you said you don't think you didn't believe Embiid was thinking about this from a front office perspective, but I think he understands the value of it and knows that unless Simmons comes back and plays, uh, they're not gonna end up getting the kind of player that they need to surround him with. Yeah, I mean I th- I think he's thinking about it as far as like I need to get my get an all-star here. Like, I don't think, like, I don't think he's gonna be happy if they, they win a trade that's like, 
with picks. Uh, right, pick it doesn't help like them that. immediately. Yeah, yeah, so like that's that's where I'm going to say like that he's not all in on being like Mr. Front Office guy. Okay, I got you. That, that's understandable. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Go to Leon in Dallas. What's up, Leon? Yo, hey, how's it going, Tom Kelly? How are you? Good, man. How are you? Good. Real quick. So, yeah, I had a Sixers and Eagle point real quick about the Eagles. Uh, last week's game, it was a great game, but I actually missed the second half. I I had a really bad allergy, and I took a Benadryl, and fortunately, I went to sleep. So, um, But I woke up, and the score was, you know, 21-18. And I was just thinking back to this game, and, you know, it kind of reminded me of the, the, the 2018 season after we won the Super Bowl and pretty much how we blew that 21 21- uh, to nothing lead, I believe it was to the Panthers. Yeah, Leon, it's, it, I, I thought the, the exact, opposite. I thought the exact same thing. Where you were right, the Eagles were up in that game, seventeen nothing going into the fourth quarter, and the Panthers yeah. had done nothing offensively all day. And all of a sudden, Cam got hot, the defense fell apart. You know, if you remember, that was the game where Wentz had Smallwood wide open in the flat, and instead went to the yep. end zone to a double covered Alshon Jeffrey and. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I thought the same thing. It was kind of the exact opposite of that game. Yeah, it's just crazy how it came back around, and it was in you know uh, yeah. in their Panthers arena. But anyway, and about the Sixers, real quick, um, I know you probably don't like Andre Drummond because I believe you took a shot at him earlier. But to be <laughs> honest, um, listen, we got we got to steal with that guy. I mean, this guy has been a career double double guy, you know, pretty much since he came in the league in 2012, and. I mean, look, he's a starter on any other team just because I think he's that good. But I'm just glad we got the guy. I mean, he's definitely a better upgrade over Dwight. And if you watched the game last night, I mean, he just gave so much effort to that second unit. And Isaiah Joe, which I'm not really sure where he came from, but these kids look good. I mean, I like what I see. And they're not even probably going to get too much playing time this year. But, you know, I'm just liking the young you know, squad that we have. Yeah, I mean, I think they've drafted well over the last couple of years. Certainly, you end up getting Maxi, who's a stud. I mean, Isaiah Joe, um, who is a good shooter, and I'd expect him to get more time this year. And I know, you know, Drummond doesn't stink. I just, I would rather, like, I don't know why the Sixers just continually get these big backup slumbering centers who don't really give you much offensively. Like, if, I'd rather them get a guy behind Joel Embiid who can stretch the floor a little bit. That's my biggest issue. No, I got you, and I hear you. And to be honest, again, I wouldn't be crazy to think if they would even probably start jumping just because we have such a small lineup with Tobias playing a power forward. I think he's a natural small forward. That's just me. You know, but they got him playing the, the, the power forward. So, I don't know. He, they, You know, Doc could switch him in there at times, but we'll see. And as far as the whole Ben thing, I'm kind of surprised he came back, you know, just because we were hearing that he would never come back, you know, to play again. But like you said, I guess the the money is what got to him. And uh, I don't know. I'm hoping, you know, he plays good enough so we could trade him for maybe a Bradley Bill or a Damian Lillard. If those teams start off poor, you know, maybe they will become available. So I'm glad the Sixers held on and didn't, you know, trade them for pennies on a dollar like freaking Elton Brand did Markel, Markel folks. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. But anyway, yeah, I appreciate it, TK. You know, I love talking to you, No brother. problem, Leon. I appreciate it, man. You have a good night. I'm glad you're feeling All right, bro. Thanks, man. Take it easy. And, yeah, and, you know, another part of Embiid's leadership that I think is important, and this is something I want to dive more into in the next segment, but I wanted to play this Ramona Shelburne uh, clip here because uh, so much has been made over the last uh, 24 hours about what the reaction might be when Ben Simmons steps on the floor. 
And Ramona Shelburne kind of talked about that on the Hoop Collective and the two ways in which she can see the reaction for Ben Simmons not being as bad as expected. There's two ways Ben Ben doesn't get booed, uh, neither of which I think will happen. I think you get booed no matter what. But um, one is if Ben comes out and doesn't make culpa, right? If he comes out and says, you know what? I've thought about this. It's, it, it's not you. It's me. Um, I love Philly. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for all this has happened. This is, this is me needing to work on myself and my game. Uh, that I think that might, it might help. I don't think, I still think you'd get booed, but I think that would help. Um, the other one is if Joel leans in and takes, you know, and, and puts his finger on the scale, as you said, Dave, like I think, but I do think Joe would play ball. I think it's just a question of does Ben meet his teammates halfway? I mean, a lot's been said, you know, Joe, Joe took some daggers in, in, um, you know, there was a story a couple weeks ago about Ben's done playing with Joel and he doesn't like their style together. And like, you know, that, that, that uh, provoked an immediate response, <laughs> right? As you can see, he got in front of the cameras the next day and, and said what he had to say. And so I think there's going to be some fence mending that's going to have to be done. And that's going to be an interesting part of it, because if Joel Embiid were to make a public plea, and I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility that when you've seen Embiid take the high road most of the way here, that he would take the high road again. And, and maybe before next Friday night, you know, say we're a team, we're all on board together. We're in this together, you know, support Ben, celebrate him as, as doc would say. Um, but I don't think it's impossible. And when we get back, I want to examine that more and the reaction that Ben Simmons could get. Cause I, I touched on it last night And I feel even stronger about it tonight that if Ben Simmons comes out next Friday night, he will be cheered by the Sixer fan base. Uh, We'll get more sound on that uh, from Stephen A. Smith, how he thinks Sixers fans will react. And also Zach Lowe uh, with his take on it. So we got all that coming up. Isan, Matt, see both of you guys as well. We'll get back to the phones. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, and I, I just get a tweet uh, from our buddy Fishpot Ryan, who I need to, you know, uh, run something by you here, Mike, because we were talking earlier about Demi Lovato and her um, uh, with the, the hot take that we need to we need to stop using the word alien in regard to extraterrestrials because it's derogatory. And, you know, that's something these days that that we we we. We need to be more sensitive and call them. It's just a hot take. ETs is what she says. But Ryan makes a good point. Do we have to remove this, um, the alien return from our rotation? You know, because there's that one return that refers to an extraterrestrial as an alien. According to Demi Lovato, we'd be, um, you know, we'd be, we'd be harmful in that regard. That would be wrong of us as a station. Hmm. Um, <laughs> got nothing for me there. I do not. I personally don't feel uncomfortable playing it, but okay, you know, yeah, I, I, I think we're fine. Yeah, we're a pro. We're a pro alien show here. We we don't think um, aliens in regard to extraterrestrials is an inappropriate uh, thing to do. But I guess to each their own. Demi Lovato, her and Kyrie, two peas in a pod right there. Well, actually, I remember one time during the pandemic, you had a uh, a show that explored the idea of UFOs. 
That was oh that was recently though. That wasn't during no. the pandemic. That no. was uh yeah. Well, we're in a pandemic right now. Well, you, well, you technically you're right, but uh, like no, this I, wasn't was like lockdown. That was 2020. No, dude, this was in the spring. I'm telling you, this was in the spring. I'll look, I'll look into it because I remember this was when I was doing like the the full week overnight shows when we did that. And when, you're talking about when I took the sound from 60 Minutes of that guy Elizondo or whatever who was yeah. talking about that. Yeah. That, that was, was recently. Year. That was recently. That was in like May. Wow. Yeah, May or May or April or something like that. But uh, that was still pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you, you, we're technically still in the yeah. pandemic. So I, uh, I'll admit, I thought that was in 2020. So yeah, I just I, I think of the pandemic as like full on lockdown when we yeah. had no sports. Um, but yeah, that was somewhat recently. Uh, um, but whatever, it really doesn't matter. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. In a minute. I do want to get to Stephen A. Smith and Zach Lowe on the reaction that fans might give Ben Simmons. Because this is honestly probably the most interesting part of this whole situation is what it's going to be like at the Wells Fargo Center if and when he steps on the floor. So we'll get to that in a minute. First, let's go to our buddy Isan. What's up, Isan? What's up, CK? How are you, bro? Good. How you doing, man? I'm well. I just uh, wanted to chime in a little bit about a couple things. I had some players that I got a chance to see in person, but... I wanted to thank you for bringing up the thing about Embiid and how he handled the situation. And I think that it's important to even accept things that we were upset about a few weeks ago that he said when he included the fans in the in his frustration. Right. Because even when he was handling that, I think that he was focused on resolving the problem. Right. And looking around and just saying, like, how can we get from here to here? Right. And he's and a man that just uh, respect that. Yeah, and I agree. And I thought those comments were wrong. I didn't think fans deserve to be blamed like that. But I do think your your greater point is correct, that that was more about kind of trying to show Simmons that, that he was with him um, rather than actually castigating the fans. I think it could have been done differently, but but I agree with the, the greater point there. Yeah, I wanted to shout out my team. I mentioned to you before that I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, but I also root for the home team. And I'll never really explain how I became a Bills fan. Um, well, first of all, maybe it's not important to everybody, but people often ask me, how the heck did you become a Bills fan from Philly? When I was young, I was raised by a single mom who didn't really have money to be able to pay for a cable bill. You know, like she had to make ends meet. Uh-huh. So when I would be able to see certain sports, it would be when things came on TV that I would be able to see. And the Eagles weren't really relevant as far as being a playoff contender when I was young. But I would see the Bills. I would see, like, certain teams. So I became fans of players, and I wound up finding a liking to, like, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, Andre, uh, I think it was Andre Reed back then. But I just started liking certain teams, and the same thing happened with basketball. I started liking, like, the Utah Jazz and, like, Drazen Petrovic when he was in the league with, I think, the Nets back in there the day. But I just started liking players, and I, I found a, a like for sports and not necessarily just this allegiance to the home team, but I always root for the home team to do well. Well, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, it's been a long uh, time suffering as a Bills fan, but you got a pretty damn good team right now, and uh, they they could win the Super Bowl. I mean, they are that talented, they are that impressive, and I mean, McDermott, McDermott's done an unbelievable job there. Yeah, you know something I've, I've learned is even if they don't, just to enjoy it, they're actually in the conversation that they're relevant. And I think that Eagles fans or any any sports fan would benefit from being able to enjoy the in-between because you don't know when the, the high is going to come again. 
like the Eagles 2017 season or whatever, I think people need to remember how special that whole year was, mm-hmm. not just the Super Bowl, because those moments are they're few. You know, like the Eagles right now are fighting to just be good from Sunday to Sunday. But when they're on that run, you can enjoy every Sunday. And right now I'm just enjoying it. We're good right now. Definitely. So I have something that I can enjoy along the way. I wanted to drop a couple of names. Yeah, I know sure. you asked for one, but it's three different tiers for why I want to say this. Okay. One, I got a chance to see Tony Gwynn play at the vet. And I was in like, I don't remember if he was right field or left field, but I remember being in the outfield seat and being able to see, I didn't know who he was. Like my mom and my brother went to the game with me. I didn't know who this guy was, but I learned real quick by the way that he was being booed and heckled by the Phillies fans. And I said, he got it pretty good. I got a chance to see him in the vet. Um, Kobe Bryant in person. He was my favorite player of all time and graduated high school the same year. I just really love Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to see him. But the, the person I really was impressed by is like a local legend. I got a chance to see – are you a Temple grad, Tom? I, I am, yes. So they're, they're in the back of McGonagall Hall, they had a gym. And one time I was back in the gym just shooting around with my boys when I went to Temple. And Allen Iverson, Aaron McKee, and DeWan Wagner came in the gym. I can't remember who the fourth guy was, but these dudes were playing full-court two-on-two basketball. And I got a chance to see, first of all, how special Allen Iverson was in person. But DeWan Wagner was ridiculous, that- man. And he was he was only like in 11th grade at the time, and he was he was hanging with Allen Iverson play-by-play play and killing it. Oh, Isan, and I was people, really glad I got thought, to see the legend of DeWan Wagner. People thought DeWan Wagner was going to be like the next Allen Iverson. Like, he was a really... Highly touted player coming in the league. He was special. Yeah. And a lot of people never got the chance to really see how special he was because he went to the Cavs and his, his career just went to a, a different direction from his health perspective. But he was with the Cavs before LeBron got there. Yeah. And he was supposed to be the, the savior for their franchise before LeBron came. Of yeah. course, LeBron's way better, but DeWine was special. Well, Very special. Well, I appreciate it, Isan. Thanks for the call, man. All right. Yeah, take it easy. And yeah, and Isan is chiming in with uh, stuff. We're, we're talking about um, great players that you were fortunate enough to see in person with the GOAT, uh, the GOAT of all GOATs, I would say, Tom Brady coming in to town on Thursday night. How about that? Checking out Iverson practicing. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, that is that, that is pretty cool. I'd love to see we that. We're talking about practice. And uh, that, that must have been awesome. And DeWan Wagner, he really was a guy that was pretty hyped up. I think I've seen Tony Gwynn person, too. I think, you know, back in the vet one of those days. Hey, may have seen uh, Tony Gwynn and Phil Nevin on the same day. Tony Gwynn, Phil Nevin, and yeah. Ben Davis, March 10th. There you go. There, there. Oh, is Ben Davis a March 10th birthday? Yeah. The, uh, wow. How this, about that? This is all you got. You, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, how about that? Um, and I'd say I'm by far the least famous. Uh, two right, one. F- <laughs> I was a little confused, too, by... Uh, Shouldn't by Eason's standards, he should have jumped off the Bills bandwagon because they were struggling? Because that's why he jumped off the Eagles? I, he should have jumped onto another team. Yeah, I mean, no, he was just a Bills fan. You know, they were on national TV a lot, and that's fine. You know, Bill, I have no problem with the Bills. I, I like the Bills. I like a little Sean McDermott. Hmm. I like a little Josh Allen. Uh, so I'm rooting for those guys. 215-592-9494. But I did want to get to this part of it with Ben Simmons because the biggest point of interest at this point, for me at least, is what is it going to be like? when he steps on the floor as a sixer at the Wells Fargo Center, if that happens. And uh, Stephen A., who has a take on everything, uh, Stephen A. had a take on this as well. Here was Stephen A. on what he believes will happen when Ben Simmons returns to the floor in Philadelphia. But we all know what Sixers fans will do. They are going to ride this man mercilessly. 
And in all fairness, for good reason. They've had four months of stewing over that playoff exit to the Hawks. Of Simmons pointing the finger at everybody else. Even though it was his fault. His failure to produce. And they've had five years of waiting for Simmons to develop his offensive game. Nothing is going to save Ben Simmons from that. But playing his ass off? That'll help. Good luck with that, Ben. Good luck with that, bro. I love that Stephen A is just so in rhythm with the music. He, just the way he delivers his takes is just, it's it really is a, a thing of art. But I don't necessarily agree with him. I don't agree with him that Ben Simmons is going to get his ass booed when he steps on the floor. And I was listening to Low Post yesterday as well after the Hoop Collective. I was running through these basketball podcasts um, trying to get the national perspective on Ben Simmons. And I thought Zach Lowe had a tremendous take on it as far as how the fans are going to handle this situation and what Ben Simmons could do. Now, I'll play this take for you, and I'll give you my analysis afterwards, but here's Zach Lowe on how he feels the Ben Simmons situation could be handled by Sixer fans. This might be naive. I'm not from Philadelphia. Spent a lot of time in Philadelphia because I have friends and family there. I've been to a lot of Sixers games, but I'm not a Philadelphia person. So the Philadelphia listeners... And we all know what Philly sports fans are purported to be like and what they really are like, which is incredibly passionate and loyal to their teams. And they pay back loyalty to their teams and their city in spades. We all know that. Vociferous, everything. So Philly fans can correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm being naive. But here's my naive take. There's been all this, like, he can't play in front of Sixers fans ever again. The bridge has been burned. They're going to boo him. I want to be in the arena because it's going to be the most vicious atmosphere. I actually, so here's my thing. I think whether you're from Philadelphia or Boston or Los Angeles or wherever, I think people, what they really want is honesty, right? And I think if Ben Simmons went to the media and said, hey, look, I, I, I had a mental meltdown in the playoffs. I was afraid to get fouled. I haven't worked enough on my free throws. I, I own it. I, I spent a summer in mental anguish about it. I'm just making this up. I, I sought advice here. I sought advice there. I dug deep in my soul. I I was a big reason we lost the series to the Atlanta Hawks because of fragility and weaknesses X, Y, and Z. And I'm not over it. I'm not sure I'm over it. These are really hard issues for me. Um, the, the, this, the, these parts of my game just haven't come along for whatever reason. I'm afraid to shoot jump shots. But I'm gonna. I'm here and I'm gonna try. And I'm going to prove to you that I'm going to try. I'm not going to be afraid to get fouled. I might shoot 30% from the line. I might have the yips. I'm going to take some threes. I'm going to take some mid-rangers. Like, I'm, I'm going to try. It might look embarrassing, but I'm going to give it a shot, and I own it. I think – and by the way, I'm sorry. Not I'm sorry, but I all of this trade stuff was a manifestation of all that. I'm happy to be here. I'm going to try my hardest. I think they would forgive him and cheer for him. I think people want honesty from athletes and public figures. And I think they would actually sort of re I think there is a world in which they re embrace him. Maybe that is impossible because the feelings of bitterness are such that he would never, ever say that. But I think if he did, I think they would, I think they would forgive him. I think Zach Lowe is 100% right in that appraisal. If Ben Simmons were to come out and take accountability and say those things, Sixers fans would forgive him. And I don't even think it's going to take that. And like, and I'm going to make a plea to Sixers fans right now, and I know this is not going to be very popular. But Ben Simmons, if he does return and does take the floor as a 76er, 
he should be cheered. Because it's what's best for the team. And I would encourage everybody going to games to follow Joel Embiid's lead. Follow the lead of the leader on the team. And Joel Embiid has made it a point. Joel Embiid, I don't think he likes Ben Simmons. But he has made it a point. I wouldn't go that, that far. Well, I mean, I okay, it's, it's speculation on my part. I don't think they like each other personally. But Joel Embiid has made a decision one way or another that what's best for the team is for Ben to come back and play, and whether that leads to a trade, whether that leads to him staying, so be it. It's what's best for this current situation. And it doesn't help the Sixers for fans to be booing Ben Simmons off the floor and make this situation even worse than it is. Ben Simmons doesn't deserve the cheers. He doesn't deserve for you to give him a standing ovation. But it's what's best for the team. And it's what's best for the situation that we currently have. Not that Ben deserves it, but it's what is necessary and it's what will make this situation the most comfortable until a resolution is reached. If Ben Simmons goes on the floor and he's booed every time he touches the ball and this is this, you know, huge, oh, let's crush Ben Simmons, let's get him out of town, get this guy out of here, he's such a jerk. Well, if we do that, it's only going to make his value go down even more. It's only going to make this situation more uncomfortable, more untenable. And I get that you don't like him. I get that you're frustrated. And I think Ben Simmons has handled himself like a complete childish baby this entire offseason. But what's best for the organization is for Sixers fans to support him, for Sixers fans to cheer, and for Sixers fans not to make this situation worse than it already, already is. Now, fans can act however they want. Um, and if people boo, I would certainly understand but I don't think it helps the Sixers for fans to react that way. What would you understand? Because to me, it's like I can't think of any way it helps to boo anyone really. But just sticking to specific to Ben, I, I don't, I don't understand what booing helps or what booing accomplishes. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly that's what I said. Oh, well, I thought you you ended it by saying like in I if you want to boo, I understand. No, well, I know uh, well. You know, people can, that's basically, people can act however they want to act. Like, I'm not, you know, the fan police where I'm going to tell you what you need to do one way or another. Be the fan police. Go for it. (laughs) Uh, But if you want to help the team, if you want to do what's best for the 76ers, I can guarantee it's not best for the 76ers and it's not best for Ben Simmons' trade value for it to be an unhealthy environment inside that arena. Would you agree with that, Mike? I, I think it would be best for fans to be supportive for the time being until this situation is resolved one way or another. Um, you know, it doesn't help for this to be such a toxic environment within the arena, regardless of how people feel. No, I totally agree. It's not, it doesn't accomplish anything. It's not, you know, if you're going to the game, like, you know, it's this low stakes regular season game on a Friday night. I think it is, you know, like you don't want to be around a bunch of people booing, being obnoxious, being, you know, well, well, for beliefs, mo- for like a lot of people, I think it's more the people who want to boo. It's more about proving a point that point? we're gonna get you back for you being a jerk. And it's like it's not gonna fix anything. Like, what's it's not the gonna, point? It's not gonna fix anything. The only thing you're gonna do is hurt his trade value even more. I actually think the fans can play a role here in this situation and how comfortable it is and how it works with Ben Simmons being reintegrated. And I think it's gonna be a lot more helpful for fans to be supportive than fans to boo them off the floor. I, that won't accomplish anything. It might make you feel good in the moment. It's not going to help the team trade him for value long-term. It's just not. 
I so, agree. Yeah. So uh, I would uh, take Zach Lowe's point. I think there is a chance that can happen, and I think it will, and I think it should. Not that Ben Simmons deserved it, deserves it, but it's what's best for the 76ers. 215-592-9494. Let's get Matt and Hamilton up here. What's up, Matt? Hey, Tom. How are you? Good. What's up, man? Good. Listen, I hear you on Ben Simmons. I think we should cheer him loudly when he's introduced. But as soon as he does something bad on the floor, we need to start booing him. Well, that's no, how you play no, it. Matt, that that's defeats the purpose. That I mean, defeats I agree the purpose, with, I, though. I agree with you, but we're not responsible for the guy, you know, because I, he's going to be doing the same thing. We're not responsible for Ben Simmons. So I agree. We should cheer as a fan base because we're rooting for the Sixers uh, right, as a right, unit but, on it. But, okay, Matt, think about it this way. Because this is, like, I think the fans can – really play a role in what the Sixers could get back in a trade. Like, if you... He has to earn the right, though. You know what I mean? Right, but if fans are booing him, and this is an untenable situation, and it becomes more toxic and more unhealthy, the Sixers aren't going to get the best value possible they can get back in in return. So if if fans want to actually help the Sixers out of this situation. How, think, how would we not get the best value possible just by booing him if, if he, he's the one responsible for what he's doing? Because the Sixers get more desperate, and maybe the situation doesn't play out well, and the Sixers aren't playing well, and Ben Simmons isn't playing well, and teams around the league realize it's a desperate situation. I don't think I booing think in this situation him just because the, I just think we'd be booing him just because of what happened this offseason. That's why the fans would be booing him. Of course. You know, and, yeah, and I don't think it would have anything to do with, like, I don't know what you're kind of saying, but I, I don't. I think teams will get desperate. I think we did the right thing by being patient. I agree with you there. We did the right thing by being patient, Daryl Morey, Elton Brand, whoever, but, and we tried to sell high. But, but, but I think we're going to – yeah, go ahead. But, but this is my point, Matt. If, if, yeah. if Simmons is on the floor and every time he touches the ball he's getting booed and every night on the floor he's getting booed, that becomes more of an unhealthy situation. And that makes it more difficult. No, that makes it more difficult for the Sixers to keep going along with Ben Simmons as a part of the team. That's the point. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I'll I'll, I'll agree to disagree. Okay. But okay. Okay. I mean, I'll I'll think about it. But I don't know, man. I just, I just, if he's, I, I think he's got something up his sleeve. Honestly, that he might just start shooting for the first couple games, and he's not that good of a shooter. Hello. I got you, Matt. Okay, I thought I got cut off. Anyway, uh, since my phone's kind of whack, I want to get to the Eagles. Um, yeah, I think we're going to lose this game, but if we can if we can score over 26 points against the Tampa Bay defense, I feel good about that. Keep them under 38. Just have just seem seem somewhat decent. We go four and four in these first eight games. That would be great. That would be. What do you think about that? I mean, if we can beat Vegas at Vegas, yeah, and then beat Detroit. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I'm looking at right now. So Yeah, I think that's the best you can hope for at this point, Matt. And I appreciate the call, man. Thanks a lot. And I think, you know, I mean, if the, six, if the Eagles are 4-4 four and four after eight games, that is, is far better than anybody could hope for. I thought 3-5 and five after these first eight games would have been a phenomenal outcome. Um, if you're four and four, you're you're on your way to a playoff berth. And uh, you look at uh, around the league, you look at the, the landscape of the NFL right now, there are going to be wild card spots available. I mean, I think at this point, you got what five decent teams in the entire NFC. You got Arizona, the Rams, um, uh, you know the the Bucks, the Packers, and the Cowboys. Four of those teams are going to be division winners. Whoever doesn't win the West between the Cardinals and Rams will be a wild card. You got two other wild cards, and I mean Seattle's without Russell Wilson. Sam Fran hasn't looked very good. 
Saints and Panthers are both mediocre at best. Uh, Saints are more than mediocre. I don't know about that. I mean, the Saints got got bludgeoned by uh, Carolina, and the Eagles just beat Carolina. Carolina. They had like special. nine. They had like nine people in COVID. And they. I mean, they 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 lost to the Giants at home. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that was a stupid loss. They just stopped playing. And did that. I, that was a bad loss, but the I, Saints are good. I don't. I don't. Well, you're. Well, you, we know what's going on there. Is your Jameis guy? No, I mean, even when they had like you know forty-one-year-old Breeze, like the rest of the team, I thought was really good. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I just I I don't see with them. I I don't think the Saints are great. I actually think Minnesota game. Like, is better than the their Packers record. game. The Saints game. Yeah, but that was just. I, I mean, think the, that the was Patriots just a week. I think that was just a weird week one result. The Patriots, I don't think, are very good. Um, you know, they just squeaked by the Texans. But I think you know those wild card spots are going to be available, and I definitely think at this point that's the easier route if you're going to go to the playoffs. Like. Dallas is going to win this division. Like, barring injury, they're going to coast to the NFC East. They're a lot better than I thought they'd Coach be. McCarthy, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Coach McCarthy. They're winning in spite of Coach McCarthy. <laughs> I would say Coach Moore is more responsible than anything. Okay. 215-592-9494. When we get back, we'll be joined by uh, KYW News Radio sports anchor and noted Philadelphia antagonist and villain Dave Uram. We'll get his take on everything going on with Ben Simmons. Um, and Philadelphia sports uh, coming up next. So we'll talk to Dave coming up. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yeah, this one's too creepy. This one's a little too sensual. Uh, wh- which one is this? Is this Ella? Ella? Wh- is it Fitzgerald? Or do I always mess this name? No, up? it's never been Ella Fitzgerald. Damn it's it. never been one of them. It's, Who is Ella Fitzgerald? I don't know. This is uh, Diana Krall. Diana Krall. This, this is the one that Al wanted. Prefers, Diana yeah. Krall. Yeah, this one. I don't know. This one creeps me out a little. Too it's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's the, way too creepy. And by the way, I was watching last night. Um, uh, they, <laughs> this is just—it's hard for me to focus. But Steve Levy was doing an interview with Sidney Crosby, and I saw the resemblance. I'll, I'll say that I did. You know, uh, I, I was looking at Sidney Crosby on the screen. And I'm like, you know what? He does look like you ram a little bit. In 33 years, I've gotten Adam Sandler more so when I was younger. I, I haven't gotten Sandler. I haven't gotten Sandler in a, in a while. Uh, I got Jason. Jason Biggs, the, the guy from American Pie. He kind of looked like that guy a little bit. Um, and then m- more recently, as, as you know, the past 10 years, it's been Sidney Crosby dominant. Okay. The the Dave Uram doppelganger crew. Well, you well, the, at least you have a doppelganger. I don't think I don't think anybody's ever told me I look like anybody. I guess I have a very unique look about me. Mike Angel, there's somebody that Mike Angelina looks like that I'm just not putting the finger on right now. But what? It's not great for radio, Dave. I I, I know, <laughs> Mike. And who is it? If I come, if I think of it, Mike, in the segment, I'll definitely bring it up. But there's somebody great. who I see all the time that I go, "That's Mike Angelina right there." But I can't really? put my finger on it. Right, like I like I think it's a Philly, maybe it's a Flyer. I'm pretty sure it's it's, it's a Philly, but I just can't. I don't know, and it's frustrating. It looks a little bit like Zach Eflin, maybe. No, it's not. No. It's not. It's not Eflin. By the way, congratulations, Zach. Zach Eflin. Yes, had, congratulations. Had a, had a baby Zach yesterday, Eflin. or his wife had a baby. Uh, you know, to be more exact. 
if you, you know, don't think I need to explain how that works, but uh, just in case, his wife had a baby, but uh, Zach Eflin was part of the process. That being said, um, Dave Uram, KYW News Radio, joining us now. And Dave, plenty of stuff to get to here uh, in this segment, but uh, we'll start off with the big news of the week. And what was your reaction last night during Monday Night Football when you saw the tweet? Uh, from Woj start to circulate that Ben Simmons basically showed up unannounced at the Wells Fargo Center. What was going on through Dave Uram's mind at that point? Uh, what was going on through my mind? Not surprised that he showed up because he is losing. he was losing a lot of money, reportedly. Not surprised that he showed up. Not surprised that apparently the Sixers were surprised that he showed up because clearly Ben has not communicated with them very much until reportedly yesterday when he briefly reportedly spoke with Sixers Brass. So not surprised by any of this. The big question that I'm wondering going forward, and I still feel this way even after 24 hours or so has set since Monday night, is he going to suit up for the Sixers? That's the big question that I have because I'm still not convinced one way or another that he will suit up for them and play a game for them eventually well what do you think would happen otherwise so so i was talking about this earlier and i think this is really the the big question here is this ben what what do you think is more likely is this ben realizing that okay if i don't play i'm just going to keep having money taken out of my pocket uh this isn't working out i might as well go back enhance my trade value and do you think he until that happens he's willing to be on board or do you think this is more of a you know more games by ben and by clutch to sow dysfunction and chaos within the sixers i don't think it's the latter because i think that i think that i think that ben or clutch or a combination of both um recognize that what they were doing did not work right it has not worked to this point Ben hasn't gotten what he has desired, which is a trade to an or- another organization. He's losing money in the process, and he probably recognizes that the only play for him right now, other than to keep losing money and to not play the sport that he loves, basketball, is to report, which he did do. Um, like At this point, I'm wondering, A, will Ben play? B, if he does play, will he be 100% committed? And C, if he does play and is 100% committed, and the Sixers do well, and thus his trade value goes up, will he still want to be moved to another team? If the Sixers are... He's always, he always has said that, he, that his goal is to win. He just wants to be on a winner. Points, this and that, his goal is to win. If the Sixers are winning, and they're doing very well, in what is now a less competitive Eastern Conference because Kyrie Irving is not playing at the present time for the Brooklyn Nets... Will he want to stay? There's still a lot of questions to be answered with this. And I think the next thing to figure out is when slash if Ben will suit up for the 76ers. And then there's a whole other bunch of things to find out. Now, like, what, like what's the fan reaction going to be right. once Ben suits up? There's still a lot of question marks with this thing. Now, as far as like the long term, and this is something Mike and I have disagreed on, Like, I think this is strictly like a under-the-table handshake agreement between... Daryl Morey and, and Rich Paul and Ben Simmons said, hey, come back when we can trade you, we'll trade you. But until then, we need you to play, we need you to do the things you're asked to do, and we'll we'll get to that resolution when we get to it. Do you th- really think that, that a long-term reconciliation is something that can happen? Because I just, I don't see that. That's the one scenario that I don't think is plausible at all. I think it is plausible. I do. Because it's... 
It's not like there's this hard and set rule that Ben's unhappy with the Sixers, so he's moving on into story. I know that's how he felt. But again, if the team is successful and he's playing well and they're doing great things, what? So let me, let me, okay, let, let's, let's play fantasy here, right? Let, let's play make believe. The Sixers are, the, are, are near the top of the Eastern Conference. He's playing well, whether it's him being finally being aggressive or not, but he's playing well. Joel's playing well. The team's playing well. And they have a legitimate chance to be a contender, an elite contender in the playoffs. Oh, but, but all of a sudden, you know, I, I don't know. The Bulls aren't doing well, right? Zach Levine's still on the Bulls, right? Or did he yes, get no, no, he is. Right. They okay. made a lot of moves, but they right. kept Zach okay. Levine. Let's just say the Bulls aren't doing well, mm-hmm. and Zach Levine gets frustrated, or the Portland Trailblazers aren't doing well, and hypothetically, Dame Lillard, the ideal replacement for Ben Simmons, is like, enough already. Get me out of here, right? And the Sixers go to Ben and say, Ben, we can finally trade you. You'll finally get your wish. But it's on the 10 and 40 Portland Trailblazers. Do you think Ben's going to want to go from the competitive 76ers in the East to the 10 and 40 Portland Trailblazers because, oh, he wanted to go before. Like, that's, that's like, that's, I think things can be mended. But I don't think he wants to be here. Like, I don't think well, he wants to be here long okay, term. Fine. So if Daryl Morey says, we can get Dame for you, right? But we don't want to mess up the good thing that we got going on right now. But you're going to go on the no direction Portland Trailblazers uh, with, with that franchise. And Ben says, yes, let's do it. That would be one of the most ridiculous well, things I would ever if, see a professional to, athlete do. If that were to be a possibility, I wouldn't really care what Ben thought. Like, I wouldn't ask for Ben's opinion. If you can get Damian Lillard, I'd say, all right, Ben, I, I thanks for coming back no, and playing. Well, I see you. Fine. So maybe maybe the Bulls, maybe the maybe the, the, the 15 and 35 Chicago Bulls for Zach Levine, who's a heck of a player. I take Levine. I hear, I hear you. What's best for the Sixers in terms of? Oh well, this guy's better than Ben. That guy's better. But is Ben Simmons really going to go send me to Chicago? I'm done here. Even though we're 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 one two right now in the East with a chance to do something. That to me, that that would be one of the most insane things I would ever see a professional. They were athlete the one do. seed in the East last year, and I, he wanted out. I hear you, but but like like most, pe- I I have not seen a scenario where the 76ers as currently constructed, with or without Ben, are expected to do really well. Like, you know, you see the Nets, you see Milwaukee, obviously, the defending champions. I'm sure Miami's up there. You know, I guess you can never really count Boston out with those core players. You can count head. Boston out. Okay, fine, fair, whatever. Al Horford, they're, they're, they're the reincarnation of the 2026ers with Jason Tatum. Fine. So so really, you, you know, Brooklyn, uh, Miami, Milwaukee. So Sixers, you think four or five, like... If they are competitive again, and they actually have a chance to be near the top when most people don't think that they're probably going to get there, why waste on that? You have enough. Hey, Ben, Ben Simmons, you, you acknowledge you did not play well against the Atlanta Hawks. Sorry, I forgot about them, the Atlanta Hawks, who I should not have. So, so now that's four teams. Hey, Ben, you have a chance to redeem your, legitimately redeem yourself for what happened in the Hawks series. We have a chance. But... This opportunity with Chicago came up. Do you still want to do it? If he says yes, I, then I then then I give up. Then I honestly give up and say, "Wow, like I, that that will floor me." Because I still believe that Ben Simmons is a competitor. Beyond anything else, I still believe that he is a competitive basketball player. That part I have not taken away from my uh, perception of him yet. Well, first off, 
listen, if Portland's ten and forty, I'm not even trying to trade for Dame Lillard. That's, that's, <laughs> that's good. It's that is a, a red point. flag. That's not a bad point. That is a red flag, Tom. Uh, why, they, why? I don't understand. They're not going to be because they like if they were that bad. Like, how good is Dame? But. Or they is broken down. Oh, no. and hurt. They're not going to be. Yeah. I'm sorry. They're, if not they're that tenor. bad. I'm, I'm still. I still think Dame's really. Or, good or it means he's hurt. Right. They're, but they're they're, they're not going to be ten. But uh, Dave, do you think there's a chance that uh, you know during this this holdout, if you will, this process that uh, two weeks, maybe even extending beyond the summer, that there is value in Ben kind of hearing how much he is wanted back from the coaching staff, the front office, from Joel Embiid, that you know maybe that did contribute to kind of a change of heart and. Um, this isn't just you know him coming back just to get traded. No, there is value. There is value, and there is value in Joel and everybody saying that we want Ben back because I really believe that those comments after Game Seven, while it may not have been very uh, flattering to Ben, it was 20 minutes after the worst loss of the season. Like, right? That's not something to get offended over. Well, actually, right. maybe even the second worst loss of the season. Fair enough, because Game Five, right? Game was, Five was right. Worse. So, so uh, you know, like. Doc Rivers gushed about Ben for weeks leading up to that. Celebrate him. Joel took a jab at the fans in defense of Ben on social media. So, so it's like, I don't know. This is, this, I think this is this whole thing has been silly. It's been a mess. I, I have felt since two weeks after that loss to Game Seven that that um, keeping Ben Simmons is what's best for the 76ers unless they can get optim, optimal value. I still think it's best for Ben Simmons because unlike some people, oh, him and Joel don't fit. I'm sorry, back-to-back 50-win seasons, a number one seed in the East. Great, right? They do, they do well, well, the, the, the COVID-shortened year. But that they, was leaked by but, Ben's camp. They, they, they do fit. They no, do fit. The, 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 the key thing is, is that once the postseason arrives, hopefully Ben has enough repetitions and comfortability to be aggressive to where he can be aggressive against the Atlanta Hawks and beat that inferior team like they were supposed to do. Now, Dave, I need to ask you about the fan reaction. You brought it up. We were talking about it. I know I'm in the minority here, but I think if Ben Simmons takes the floor next Friday night against Brooklyn for the home opener, I think he gets way more cheers than he does boost because – that arena is populated with a lot of people like Mike Angelina. A lot of these six, the Sixer fans that go to the games are a different crowd than the Sixer fans that don't go to the games. And I think he would get cheered more than booed. Do you agree or disagree? With that I think it's going to be a mix. And I think more often than not, whatever the proportion of the mix is, boos are often, boos resonate more than cheers. They stand out more than cheers do. Even if it's more cheers than boos, you hear the boos. I think in this case, there will be more boos than cheers. I do think that there will be some people who cheer for him. I know it's a small sample size, but when you know news came out that Ben was coming back the other day, uh, NBC 10 Aaron Baskerville went down to Wells Fargo and spoke to, I don't know how many fans. Good they job sh- crediting the report. They showed about six on television, uh, and I think the proportion of the six that they showed on TV in the 11 o'clock news was four to two in favor of booing Ben. So I still believe that there are some that will support Ben. I think that what will eventually turn the tide from you hearing more boos, because I do think it's going to be a lot of boos to start, to cheers, is Ben doing what Ben does in the regular season. Being aggressive, going to the rack, dunking the ball, finding guys, playing, assuming that he commits 100%. I think over a couple of week period, 
one, two, two, three, whatever it is, over a short period of time, um, if he plays well and the team's doing well, those boos will start to subside gradually and become more cheers over time. Now, do you think there's anything to this theory that I have? Because I believe that if the fans were to cheer Ben and support him, that would make it more tenable of a situation. Like, say there is an agreement that we'll trade you when we can trade you, that it would hamper his trade value if the fans are booing him every night and it's a unhealthy situation where every time he steps on the floor that maybe that would make the Sixers a little more antsy in terms of making a move. I think the fans can help his value here and help the Sixers by being supportive. Uh, I, I, if, if being supportive means he's going to play better than getting booed, like if, if booing him is going to greatly affect his play, then I can see, see where you're coming from. But I don't know. I'm willing to believe that that Ben, I'm willing to believe that ben, that that Ben will be on such a mission to get out of town if he does play and does commit a hundred percent. That his that the results of him playing will be uh, will not necessarily be a result of cheers. We've seen what happens when Ben gets cheered, right? What does he do? He misses free throws. We've seen that. So I don't I don't know. I think I think Ben is in his own his own space, and I think Ben. And when is, he gets booed, he requests trades, right? But I think, well, that's not going to change. Like, if he gets booed, he's still going to want to get traded. I don't know if that will make the Sixers antsy or not. I think what may make the Sixers antsy is that he's not 100% committed. Or, and I'm just speculating here, I'm not saying that he's going to do this. All of a sudden, you know, something starts to ache a little bit, and he's not even on the floor. So, you know, I think that might make the Sixers antsy. But I, that's... That that's honestly that's it. I think what can help his value the most. Ben is in control of what happens more than anybody else. More so than the than the passionate fans. More so than the front office. More so than the rest of the team. The person who is in control of what happens to Ben Simmons over the next several months is Ben Simmons. That's now, that's who's in most control. Now, real quick, before I get to a couple Eagles questions, real quick about the Kyrie Irving situation because Brooklyn right now, Kyrie Irving um, is. Not a part of their team. Not a part right. of their team. And Sean Marks, their GM, said he will not be until he can be a full-time player. Right. Can't be a full-time player until he gets vaccinated. How do you see this situation playing out? Do you think, and I, I mean, putting anybody in Kyrie Irving's mind is is impossible, but do you believe in the end Kyrie will will, will do what his organization has him to do? Or do you think there's a realistic possibility that he just decides forget this, I'm sitting out this season. I think Kyrie has won a championship. I think Kyrie has accomplished a lot in this league. I think Kyrie, based on just listening to his press conferences over the past year, two, more so last year, um, I think that Kyrie is somebody who is uh, uh, very set in his beliefs and ways, which he's entitled to. Um, So it would not shock me if Kyrie sits for however long that New York law is in place, which uh, you know what, F- frankly, that New York law may not be going away because I don't think it is. Uh, no, I don't think it is going away because I think that it's. I don't think there's going to get to a point in the pandemic where where things are like, oh well, you're unvaccinated. Uh, we'll just go back to the normal way. No, I think that law is going to stay. So, yeah, it would not shock me if Kyrie Irving uh, continues to have the stance that he has and thus can't play uh, 43 of the 81 games for the Brooklyn Nets. 
Now, a couple quick Eagles things. Now, he may get traded to another organization and then he can play, but as far as the Nets are concerned, I, I don't know. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me if he came back, but it wouldn't shock me if he stays away either. Yeah. Well, uh, real quick, a few Eagles things here, Dave. They get the win on Sunday against Carolina, but it's pretty ugly. Yeah. Um, the play calling suspect. By the way, I'm really uh, enjoying your tweets where <laughs> you were tweeting out every time Nick Sirianni does not run the ball in a critical situation. What was it? Second and three? Second and three and or third second and three, and four. Yeah. Nick Sirianni did not run the ball, uh, which I've enjoyed seeing those during the game. Um, but your confidence level in Sirianni, because I, and I'm not, I, it's not even to me about running the ball. It's about not putting your quarterback in a situation to succeed. Yeah. Do you have uh, massive concerns about whether this guy is, is cut out to be a head coach right now? The, 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 the consistent stance that I'm taking with this team, this coaching staff, is they got to prove it. They haven't proved anything. That was a nice comeback win the other day. It was uh, because they did the right things in the second half. So until Sirianni proves that he can have a good game plan throughout four quarters and then he can run the ball a little bit, much more than... Like, the thing that keeps my... Is Miles... He must not... Like, I don't know. I don't think but, they like Miles Sanders. Uh, but really, it's like, that's one of your best playmakers, and you're not using him. So, I I don't know. I think the coaching so far has been very suspect. I think that Sirianni and Gannon are learning on the job, uh, which it naturally happens when you've never done something before. So, they're clearly learning on the job. And until I see consistency from this coaching staff of... Having you know Darius Slay, big play Slay, uh, stick somebody man to man, or trying to flee up Fletcher Cox with the different things that they did on Sunday. Until I see Sirianni run the ball a little bit more, I'm going to continue to be skeptical of this coaching staff that clearly has hampered this team. Like I like I know that you know you often hear guys say pe- people say that the Eagles aren't that talented. Yeah, they're not that talented at linebacker. But they're talented up front. They're talented in the secondary. They got playmakers, young, talented, promising playmakers on offense. Like, I honestly believe the coaching staff has cost this team at least one win so far. And off that, what's even more concerning is I'm sure you listened to his interview with Angela on Monday morning. Like, when he's saying things, like, you know, that he doesn't really believe what Greg Ward did no, on that touchdown was sorry. a penalty. That's it's a like, dude, line. that is obviously a penalty. And those things keep happening as a result of coaching. Right. That's coaching. Yeah. Um, so until until Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon prove that they're not going to step on their own feet, I'm still going to remain skeptical about this team. And frankly, I don't think I can even pick them in any you know against anybody. Like like even Detroit. Like we'll see what happens in a few weeks. But the Raiders, Detroit, I'll be skeptical about that. This one I got Tampa winning forty to twenty. Okay. Now I'll admit I was super duper off this past week. I had and I took I know it was a stretch. But I really did not believe that this coaching staff was going to get this team in the right position to win. So I picked the Panthers 30 to 15. No, I'm sorry, 30 to 14. I picked Carolina by 16 points. And in the first half, it was looking like that was going to be the case. Mm -hmm. But then they started to pick it up in the second half and uh, certain plays, swing the momentum around, and so on and so forth. But uh, I I don't know. I think Brady's going to torch this defense. I think that the, Pan- the the Buccaneers defense is going to give the Eagles offense a lot of fits. And until this coaching staff proves consistency, in my view, 40-20 to 20 Tampa Bay. So you gave us a prediction. And one more, um, uh, our side topic tonight was who's a, a player 
that you were fortunate enough to see in person off of obviously the goat of all goats coming in here Thursday night. Do you have one off the top of your head that you saw in person that you were happy you got a chance to to watch play in person? I never enjoyed watching him play when it was happening because this is something that I that like I never understood going to games as a kid. Like we, we would go to Sixers games and they'd be playing the, you know Jordan's Bulls or eventually Jordan's Wizards mm. and people would be cheering endlessly for Jordan. And I just didn't understand that going to the game, rooting for the Sixers that you're rooting for the opponent. Like, I would never got that. And to this day, frankly, like, I get you're entitled to root for who you want to root for. But if I was going to a game with a particular rooting interest, it would not be for the opposing. Like when Mike Trout came to town in 2012 or whatever that is, 13, whatever year he came to town. And it's probably going to happen again 14. this upcoming season. Whatever year he came, uh, the whole place was Mike Trout out. And I was like, I get the Phillies aren't good, but man. Um... So, but if I had to pick a player to to make a long answer really short, it had to be it has to be Jordan. Hmm. Like to see Michael Jordan play. I mean, I was young, but to see him play, to see him play. I think I even saw him play at the Spectrum. I think I even like I and I don't remember any of this. I think I saw him play in '96, the last year at the Spectrum, and then I probably saw him play at least maybe once or twice in what was then Core States as a Bull, and then I was at his last game, like his last last game ever as a Wizard. That night, so ninety six. You must have been at that game where Iverson crossed them up. Right? No, well, no. This was ninety five, ninety six. The last year at the uh, Spectrum. Okay. I remember specifically where I was for that. I was punished. I was in my room. I must have done something oh. wrong. I was in timeout, and I was listening to the to the call on the radio, and and um, Tom McGinnis went ballistic, and I was like, oh, something big must have just happened. And it was it was AI crossing over Jordan when Tom McGinnis made the call right here on WIP. Um, so I remember specifically where I was for that. But Michael Jordan would be somebody who, who I feel fortunate enough to have seen. Because, it was, of course, it was towards the latter end of his right. career. But I was able to see him, which is cool. Okay, well, th- that's Dave Uram, KYW News Radio. Make sure you uh, are tuned in to him. Dave, what do you got coming up this morning? Uh, we're going to talk Eagles. You're going to hear from the defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, who uh, clarified his scheme comment from the week. This was fascinating. I've never seen this before. A coordinator in the middle of answering something about the opposing team stops and says, oh, this is something about Jeff that, that you brought up last week that I've been thinking about that I flubbed on. I never heard a, a coach or a coordinator say, oh, by the way, you asked this last week, Jeff McLean, and I wanted to clarify about it because I flubbed on it. Like, like That was fascinating to me. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Dallas Goddard is obviously very much up in the air for mm-hmm. Thursday because he's on the COVID list. Uh, you'll hear from Jalen. You'll hear from the defensive coordinator. You'll hear from Tom Brady, uh, who uh, talked about Eagles fans and the Eagles defense. And we will be talking about the latest with Ben Simmons. ESPN reports that he passed his physical and had a brief conversation with Sixers Brass. Okay, well, sounds good. That's Dave Uram. Merrill Reese at 7.15. Sounds good. Well, make sure you're tuned in to Dave. Um, Dave, thanks for hopping on for a few minutes. Dave, we'll talk to Dave next week uh, about Eagles Bucks, and I'm sure several other things. Uh, But Drew, Dustin, see you guys on hold. Promise to get to you when we get back. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you for another few segments here. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 
We will still talk Eagles Bucks. I'll give you my prediction. We really haven't ended up getting into that a ton this week as the Ben Simmons news has kind of hijacked uh, everything going on this week here. But um, seeing up on my sc- my screen, the Vegas and Seattle Kraken game. Uh, Mike, you texted. You were all fired up about the Kraken last night. Uh, th- Was I? I? I thought you were. Did mm-hmm. you not text me or is this a dream I had or something? I, I did not text you about the Kraken last oh, night. Oh, okay. Oh. I thought you did. Yeah, I did not. Know what's going on? Maybe somebody texted me about the Kraken, I thought. But uh, really cool. The, the Vegas Golden Knights opening ceremony is the, the season uh, got underway last night. Flyers in action uh, against Vancouver on Friday night. Um, but the Kraken always have such an awesome pregame like ceremony. They had uh, you know, a Vegas Golden Knight slaying a Kraken on the ice. Not, not obviously a real thing, like a computer-generated 3D. Are Krakens even real? I don't know. I don't... I don't. Can you slay a real Kraken? I think it is up for debate whether Krakens are real, because I think the Loch Ness Monster would be considered a type of Kraken. Okay. I guess I'm I'm saying... I don't think you need to clarify for us that this wasn't a real Kraken. (laughs) Just, you know, I just want to... I'm on edge after this Demi Lovato thing. Like, I don't know who I could be offending. Oh, yeah. You know, if we're offending extraterrestrials calling them aliens... You know, I I don't want to offend, you know, the PETA people. Maybe they, you know, believe in Krakens and they think me talking about a real Kraken being being uh, saloon or, or slew uh, would be uh, inappropriate. So just trying to not get Slain? in trouble here. Slain. Yeah. There you go. Uh, not <laughs> saloon. It's, it's late. I'm a little tired. Uh, 215-592-9494. You're going to check out the Kraken next week? Uh, yeah, uh, that's what you texted me, didn't you? The Kraken are coming to town. I next didn't week. text you this. I don't. Text somebody you else. About must, somebody else must texted me this. Um, but <laughs> I, I got to check my text messages. Maybe I'm. Going I promise insane. you, I did not text you about the, yeah the Kraken schedule. All right, maybe I'm going insane. I don't know what's going on, but uh, hockey is back uh, as of last night. Let's go to Drew in Westchester. Drew, thanks for hanging, man. Appreciate it. Hey, man. Hey, Tom. No problem. No problem. Uh, I'm wanting to chat with you about uh, the game, the Eagles game Sunday, and and hitting on the other topics you've been talking about. So we'll just, I'll try to move through quickly. Yeah, man, to, dude, uh, go take take as much time as you need. I know you've been hanging for a while. <laughs> um, I guess Ben Simmons first, since you were talking about that, and I, I don't disagree with Zach Lowe. However, I don't give any shot that he's going to say any of those things. Yeah, I agree. I mean, with ben, that. Yeah. I mean, Ben Simmons' personality being what it is, and I mean, he's not a man of many words to begin with, and and to stick his neck out like that and expose himself, you know, be, and like be vulnerable like that. I mean, there's no way he's going to say any of that. Yeah. So, I, go ahead. Yeah. So that's that's my point, really, is that, that that would be nice, and I agree. Like, we should all cheer him and kind of forgive him if he were to do that. But he's, I just, there's no way he's going to do any of that. Yeah, I agree, but I don't, I don't even think Drew he has to do any of that. Like, I think it's as simple as. First possession at home. If he were to just come down the sh- come down the floor and shoot a three, I think that's all it would take. Like if he were to just do that, I think the fans would immediately get behind him. Well, I guess I feel like that's a little superficial. Like one three is not going to get it done. Right. If he just, but I agree. I agree with you. If he just comes out and plays hard and plays well, you know, and and just yeah, plays to win, you know, from start to finish, night after night and doesn't complain and doesn't, you know, pout, you know, that would do the job. Yes, I agree. 
Yeah, well, do you but, think, Drew, this is something that can work long-term or even short-term? Do you think this is uh, a, you know, a real possibility of Ben Simmons coming back and, and um, at least this being a healthy environment until a trade is worked out? I mean, stranger things have happened, but I think the odds are pretty low. I mean, I think he... I don't think he's changed his mind at all about wanting out. Um, but he just realized him and his agent probably realized that their strategy was just dumb, <laughs> just, and was not going to pay off. So in more ways than one. So I just think they came to that realization and realized like he needs to play, he needs to play well. And that's his only shot of getting somewhere that he wants to be. So, um, so no, I don't think long term there's really you know barring some strange miracle. No, I don't I don't see it working out here. Yeah. Um. But but uh you know but but if he comes out and plays hard and plays well, then yes the fans will embrace him. Uh you know like they always do with players when they do what they're supposed to do, which is play winning basketball. I mean that's that's what we all want to see anyway. So um so that's that. Um you know on the Eagles uh. You know, I really enjoyed the second half Sunday, obviously, as as, meant, as we all did. And I, I kind of was, like, shocked at how critical and complaining everyone still was about the coaching and this and that. I mean, the bottom line is, yes, you know, we have a rookie head coach who, at this point in time, doesn't know what he's doing. What, what, what else would you expect? I mean, he has no experience. So it is a work in progress on that front, and it's the very beginning of a work in progress. It's not even the middle of a work in progress with Sirianni. So, I mean, that's not a surprise. Um, and like, I'm just, like I said, I'm just, I'm kind of like frustrated and surprised how, how critical everyone was. Well, why not just enjoy the fact that the quarterback made some plays when he needed to make them and you know, brought the team back from behind and, and they won the game and you know, they got obviously a huge special teams play that, that helped that happen. But you know, but at the end of the day, just enjoy it. It's a road victory in the NFL and a rookie quarterback who, you know, showed some, you know, showed some strides when it, when he needed to. Um, overall, was it a great game by him? No, but I mean, I just like enjoyed the heck out of the second half and on to the next game and, and uh, you know, just don't complain. Yeah, well, at least for me, Drew, and this is just, you know, speaking from my perspective on it. I just think it's difficult to evaluate Hurts. And that that's the problem that I'm having right now is like, this season, I think most of us can agree, is about evaluating Jalen Hurts. And I think it's really difficult when Sirianni's not putting him in situations to succeed. And and that's the yeah. thing that is concerning me the most right now. Is And I know he's learning and, and hopefully he, he improves. But when you see a lot of the same mistakes being made and improvements not being made, that that's what that's what's bothered me. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I, I don't disagree. The coaching, the coaching needs to step it up just like the defense stepped it up on Sunday, you know, the coaching needs to step it up. And, you know, and, and I, I, I am perplexed at, you know, the, 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 the running game, the strategy of the running game, the, the kind of lack of creativity of the running plays. I and mean, it's just, it's just mind boggling, you know, the, the, how poor that has been, the design and scheme has been there. And, uh, you know, the, the wide receiver coaching, for example, like, like those pick plays and just the running out of bounds. I mean, what are you paying a wide receivers coach for if they're not making sure these guys are on point with how to play the position? I mean, I know the buck stops with the head coach, but I'm sorry, the, the position coach to me, like almost should be fired at this but, point for the way 
that's the thing, though, Drew. The head coach is a wide receivers coach, too. Like, that's what's so concerning okay. to me about it. Yeah, well, I mean, true. You know, so the buck does talk with him right there, too. And, you know, so, I mean, that's that's just inexplicable and, you know, it's unforgivable right now. I mean, that has got to be eliminated, that stuff. I mean, five or six touchdowns that they've had called back or whatever it is is, is absurd at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, but, uh, but anyway, you know, I just really enjoyed the second half, and uh, I think, you know, we all should just kind of, like, <laughs> take it for what it is, which is an unexpected win. We did not expect that. Yeah. Um, well. So, and then lastly, you know, I just wanted to highlight, you know, usually I spend most of my comments in this area thinking like, wow, I wish I was, I wish I was younger and uh, would do anything to be, to be younger again. But I'm so happy that I did get to see, you know, live players like, you know, Jordan, Magic Bird, you know, um, uh, guys like that, Nolan Ryan, um, you know, players like that, that, and, and, uh, you know, the comments that Dave made about not understanding why people cheer. I think it's more that when people are watching Jordan play in person, you're just in awe of what he does, and you just can't do anything else but cheer. Even if you're you're not really cheering for him, like you're not saying, oh, I want them to beat the Sixers. It's just like, you're just more like, wow, that's amazing what we just saw, and you just you just cheer out of sheer instinct. Right. You know, so it's, it's, uh, it's, that's kind of what it is. But, uh, you know, to see guys like Jack and Kobe and all those guys play live is, is something that you know, I'm glad I, I got to see, and uh, it's special. Yeah, you know, so. well, I appreciate it, Drew. Thanks, uh, thanks, man. Appreciate the call. And yeah, I mean, and if you're just joining us, uh, star players that you got a chance to see uh, in person with Brady coming into town, and Brady is mine. I mean, getting to see him in 2011 was really cool. He's just, he's a legend. I mean, and and getting to see those players in person is always is always special. I have a Kraken update. I don't have any text from anybody regarding the Kraken. So I don't know. This is a dream. I guess I I, I I did take a little nap before I came in tonight. I guess I dreamt that you. What a horrible dream. You like, dreamt what that a you... horribly boring dream that I dreamt that Mike Angelina texted me about the Seattle Kraken. Like, what? Uh, 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 I can't think of anything more interesting than that. And by the way, I'm watching this game. I didn't even realize the Kraken's coach is Hackstall. Yeah, yeah, he's coming back know Monday. That. Yeah, I didn't know that. He's, I just see. I'm like, oh, it's Dave Hackstall. He's, he's alive. He's still in the NHL. He's still head coach somewhere. So, is it that you dreamt? When you, I don't you, know. You dream that you have a friend that wanted to go I, see the Kraken with you. I don't know what happened. I really, I don't know what happened. I, for some reason, I thought you sent me a text last night about the Seattle Kraken. Did not do it. You did not. I just searching my texts. I don't have a text from anybody about the Seattle Kraken. Uh, so I don't know what exactly happened but uh yeah I, 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 i'm i'm worried about my own mental well-being now um and I'm red flag yeah red flag uh let's go to dustin in the northeast what's up dustin yeah, okay. what's going on brother how's it going man no i just want to give dave dave you ran a shout out real quick i grew up playing basketball with him there aau oh okay Wait, you ran played hey. aau that doesn't sound hey. right yeah i'm telling you he was a lefty, and he was a stone-cold killer on defense. Really? That doesn't yeah. surprise me. He seems like he'd he, probably be a scrappy, a scrappy player. He's scrappy, and he's a hustler, dude. <laughs> that but, does not um, surprise me at all. But, um, so no, I just want to talk. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, so we, did, did he have, a, like, a Ben Simmons-like game, you'd say? 
not a very dangerous he, offensive player? He broke his arm, his elbow, I think, when he was, like, super young. So when he, he had a really weird jump shot, and his elbow used to stick out to the side when he would shoot the ball. This is some good Dave yeah. Ram knowledge here, Dustin. Yeah, you got, you got to talk to him next time. I'll ask him Dave. about it next week. Yeah. I know, I've known his dad. I, I've known him since I was probably 12 years old. Okay. But I haven't talked I haven't talked to him or seen him in probably about 16 years. Okay. Well, I'll, t- I'll, tell, him, I'll tell him you called. Yeah. It's absolutely. all love in the end. <laughs> but I um, – no, I just wanted to hit the point um, about the Ben Simmons. I was probably Ben's biggest supporter in Philadelphia. Like, I, I always defended him, always thought very highly of him. And, you know, when he did what he did this year, um, that rubbed me the wrong way. And, and it just, like, it, it kind of showed his true colors. And, I, you know, the thing, a lot of people don't talk about it. Um, you know, the, the, the main thing about him is everybody's talking about how he needs to improve his jump shot, he needs to improve his shooting. Well, how is he supposed to do that when, he's, when he buys a $17 million house in L.A. and the the million dollar mansion doesn't even have a basketball. That's pretty bad. That, I I didn't know that, Dustin. But that is, if you're going to get a house, it's that expensive. I mean, you should get a little uh, a basketball court in there. Why not, dude? Even if you get even if you get a basketball court in your driveway, not even a court, just a just a net so you can shoot around. Like it shows that you somewhat care about your about your your job, right? You know, like I understand he's going out and. Yeah, he's dating beautiful women and having fun and having a good time. He's young. I get that. But, dude, you you are getting paid very, very well, and you're not even showing us that you're even trying to improve your game whatsoever. Yeah. So, with that point, like, I will not cheer for him ever again. I will not even do if you, he comes, do you I will go- not support him at all. Do you go to the games, Dustin? I I probably make about five or six games a year. I don't okay. have season tickets, but I'll tell you what: those games that I'm at, I will be doing from the start to the end. Even if he's not on the court, I will be heckling him the entire game. I cannot. I I don't want to see him in a six. I don't even want him in the building. I think the the and and we could really stick it to him. Is I want Maxi on that court so we could see what this team is with an actual point. Well, yeah. I always, the, the, the main reason I defended Ben was because of his defense. So you could realistically put him on four out of the five positions on starters on any game given necessary, and he could be a decent defender. But I want to see somebody who's going to bring up the ball and actually set up an offense, and I think you're going to see a big jump in Joel's game this year because he's not going to have to try to, quote-unquote, force a game into his game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I, I hear you, Dustin. I'm sorry. I'm up against it. I got to move on. But yeah, I mean, I think that might be the one negative to, to Simmons coming back and playing in the immediate future is it could hamper Maxie's development because I was excited to see Maxie be the starting point guard and get those kind of minutes. Um, but I do think the fan reaction is going to be really interesting. And I, I'm telling you, I, I just have a feeling that that night, Brooklyn game one, uh, I, I I think there are going to be more cheers than boos. I, I know it seems like a crazy opinion, uh, but I just I, I feel that's the way this is going to go down. I, I really do. 215-592-9494. When we get back, we'll do 
A quick WIP fantasy update. We didn't do that last night. And we'll also give you a quick update on the MLB playoffs. We don't have Gabe check-in tonight, but we do have um, you know news regarding Gabe. And Gabe is facing a winner-take-all Game 5 on Thursday night. Uh, so we'll talk about all that coming up. I would next. love for my hand to sting tonight. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. What just happened in there, Mike? I saw you just uh, like make a quick movement, like you had like a cramp or something. So no, my headphones. Okay? Fell. My headphones. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Thought it looked. It looked like you like were grabbing it, like you had a cramp in your leg or something. But I'm glad everything's okay. No, I, re- I didn't want them to hit, the, to hit the ground and you know potentially break. It makes sense. All right, just Thanks. want to make sure everything's all right. I'm coming back and I I, I see you uh, flinch back there, um, but. Real quick, uh, let's do a, an update on the MLB playoffs last night. No Gabe check-in today. You said it was somewhat of a subdued Gabe after the game tonight. 7-2 loss uh, in Chavez Ravine. Yeah, not many answers from game tonight. Gabe, two-night on tonight's game. And, um, you know, just turn the page, getting ready for game five. Turn back to San Francisco. He did announce and confirm Logan Webb will take the ball. So, you know, Logan Webb and Julio Urias in a, uh elimination game is... You know, okay, so, so they're going with Urias because they went with Bueller uh, tonight. Yeah, short rest. And, okay. uh, yeah, so full rest, full four days rest for Julio Urias. What do you think of Gabe's chances on Thursday night? How are you feeling as the, the, the most notable Gabe man here at the station? Well, thank you, but it, you know, the honor is <laughs> Joe Gillia's. Well, yeah, that's right. You're number, number two in line. So. Oh, thank you. Um, you're up there, too. But Thank you. <laughs> that's real thanking each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick the Dodgers, but, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to pick Gabe. I think they find a way. uh, You know what, though? All hands on deck. Can Logan Webb do this two times in a row? Yeah. You know, he's kind of not a junk baller, but, you know, that's. No, he throws hard. Yeah, he throws hard, but it's like uh, to shut down that Dodger lineup twice. Is is challenging. Tall task, yeah. Discofini had nothing. Yeah, that that was ugly. Uh, so the Giants fall 2-2 series. Uh, they'll play game five Thursday. Braves beat the Brewers 5-4. to four. Fun are, game. Yeah. Good game. Uh, are we, and I, I know, I guess they got out of the inning, but that play with Woodruff and Telez, that was terrible when they let that uh, little pop-up drop. In the seventh inning, I only saw a little bit oh, of this yeah, game. Yeah. That was one of the only things I saw in this game. Um, I saw when the Brewer or the Braves tied it up uh, in the seventh, or the Brewers tied it up. I forget exactly. I think the Braves tied it up. <laughs> the Brewers went up by two twice, and right. then um, both t- both uh, the bottom of the innings, each time the Braves answered. Uh, maybe was it when uh, Heredia or, or Rosario tied it? Yes, so yes. One of those. Yeah, and, uh, and Freddie Freeman, big home run off Josh Hader. Yeah, is is Hader a choker at this point? A playoff choker? He gave up the lead against Washington in the wild card game two years well, ago. That was a, there was a lot of uh, right field. Yeah, bad bad field. And then uh, remember the hit by pitch on uh, Michael A. Taylor. Yeah, but I mean, this guy's supposed to be the best reliever in baseball. You can't be be coming up small in these playoff spots. Well, the thing is. Oh, all the other candidates for best close, like, you know, look at Chapman. That, I'll tell you what, that Devin Williams injury is a killer for them. What yeah. an idiot. Uh, the problem is they didn't hit. You, like, you know, not enough coverage has been dedicated to, uh, you know, Yelich ever since he fouled the ball off his knee. Like, where has he been? Yeah. Yeah. So the Braves advance. They win that series 3-1. And then the Astros pound the White Sox. You know I'm happy about this one. Your boy, Tony La Russa. Um, unwritten, unwritten rules, Tony. 
uh, is out. Uh, and you said he was he was irritated with the Astros after the game, calling them classless and, and things like that. Yeah, it, Jose Abreu uh, just got hit by a pitch in a random point on a three-two pitch from Kendall Graveman, who seemingly has nothing against him. And Tony Larusa made clear that uh, you know he he thought the Astros are short had a shortage of character, oh. and that if they're not uh, if they don't admit to doing it, they're just being dishonest. Oh my god, they're just being dishonest. Shut up, Tony. Uh, but the White Sox are done. Astros win 10-1, to 1, and you had a, a clip you wanted to play from Carlos Correa. Is that correct? Uh, disrespectful words with no facts, with, with nothing to say. We score six runs at home, then we score, what, um, like nine, and then we score six again here. They just happened to score 12, and then you look at our OPS on the road, what's the best in all the big leagues throughout a 162-game season, which we play 81 on the road. Um, their OPS was a lot higher at home than it was on the road, so... You know, just another kid that needs to know the facts or, you know, what else needs to do. Well, hey, uh, you know, Correa is kind of a jerk. He's out there, very brash, didn't want, still very efficient. Right, but he doesn't apologize for the cheating or anything. But that being said, he's a hell of a player, and I would be very happy if he's in the Philly starting lineup on opening day. Yeah, I I really like him. He's smart. He's I think he's going to, you know, last as a uh, shortstop for a little bit. You know, seems like he's got a good, good build, good body. And he's very smart, like it knows what he's doing. Thinks that you know, how does he present? How does he present? Uh, beautifully. Okay, beautifully. Uh, Correa, Story, and who's the other big shortstop out there? Corey Seager. Which one would you? Prefer? How would you rank those three in terms of preference? Correa, Seager, and then Story, distant. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. But uh, that's our MLB bias. Bias distant fourth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hobby bias. Uh, but we'll, we'll do our WIP fantasy update before we get out of here. I'll also give you my prediction for Eagles, Bucks, see Fred as well. We'll talk to Fred. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you for another couple minutes here. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. In a second... I will give you my prediction for Eagles-Panthers on Thursday night. Really haven't talked a lot about that this week as the Ben Simmons situation has kind of hijacked everything. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. First, let's go to Fred in the Northeast wants to talk about Ben. What's up, Fred? Hey, what's going on? Hey, it's not going to go the way you guys think. Here right now on Facebook, there's a lot of people on Facebook. They're hearing you guys say they want to get chairs. And they are ganging up. People are getting tickets. We're going to make sure this guy gets booed. Like, they are going to make sure he gets booed. But not only that, and a lot of people aren't looking at it, but there's a lot of opportunity in this game. I can guarantee you that the chairs want to start with the booze, then it's going to start with the we want Kyrie. We would no, 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 Fred, to, Fred. He has to go out here and sell himself to Kevin Durant. That's why Ben is back. Nobody wants – no, but the Sixers, I, as disillusioned as they are with Ben Simmons – no chance they're trading for Kyrie. No, no chance. No, I don't that. want Kyrie in the city. I, I think Kyrie is a, a, a worse person and more toxic for any type of uh, locker room than Ben will ever be. But in Philly, it's like we'd rather get rid of this guy for anything. And at the, right now, having Kyrie available, even if it's for a year, it, you know, it's fans. This is what they're going to do. It's not smart for our team, but. They're going to be chanting for Kyrie. They're well, going to be, they're going to want to get rid of this guy. Fred, I don't. I honestly, as much as people don't like Simmons, I don't think Sixers fans want Kyrie. Uh, I I don't think anybody wants Kyrie. 
I think at this point with the amount of money this guy make, especially if they try to give him back the money that we find him, that we're done. We're over this guy. Yeah. Like we're we're done. This this is not this is not the city for Ben. And I like Ben a lot. I think he was misguided and he went about this the wrong way because he's he's a young kid and, and he didn't have enough people behind him telling him, Hey, let's go out and do your job. Everything else will fix itself. Just do your job. And he did. And now he knows he has to, but it's too late because he's already burnt bridges with the city that he can never rebuild. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard for him. No, I but hear you, Fred. definitely going to be looking for coverage. I hear you, Fred, and I appreciate the call. And, you know, I, I did want to mention this a little more before we get out of here because the, the what's going on in Brooklyn right now is a, is a mess, like a complete mess. And basically they took a hard-line stand after weeks of – would Kyrie play part-time? Because if you're in New York right now, uh, you're not allowed to participate in certain things. And, and you're not allowed, if Kyrie's not allowed to play games in New York if he's not vaccinated as a member of the Brooklyn Nets. And there was speculation, would he just be a part-time player on the road, not play at home? The Nets put an end to that on Tuesday. Uh, Sean Marks, their GM, came out and said, you know, if Kyrie can't be a full-time player for us, he's not going to be a player at all. And... Um, this has started a whole bunch of speculation. Here was Stephen A. Smith on what he feels the Nets need to do at this point in regards to Kyrie. The Brooklyn Nets need to get rid of Kyrie Irving. He got to go. He's just a problem. He's just a problem. I want to put everything in its proper perspective, Keyshawn, Mm -hmm. Kendrick, Molly. There's a whole bunch of people out here, myself included, maybe not you, Key, but a lot of us that have reservations about taking the vaccine. Understood. But we took it. Yes, Not just because of us, but because of the people that we were going to be around. And uh, more importantly, the obligations that we had. I don't get vaccinated. I can't do first take. I don't give. I don't do first take. I'm leaving everybody stranded. Not to mention compromising my own bankroll and bottom line, which I was not going to do. Let me be very, very clear about that. Okay, I apologize for that to a damn soul. All right. That's how I roll. Okay. Having said all of that, even if that were not the case. If I'm a member of a team and we've aligned and we're mission minded, I'm not going to be the one to jump off the train to compromise the mission. Okay, I'm going to be the one that stands that stands pat and is like, yo, this is what we doing. This is what we got to do. Kevin Durant, 6.2 billion plus people have taken the vaccine. Whatever conspiracy Kyrie Irving wants to come up with, all right, good luck with that. But the bottom line is that means you're looking at everybody else who's taking the vaccine, and that's the position that you're maintaining. People out there who don't want to take the vaccine, that's your personal choice. I get where you're coming from with that, but you evidently ain't a part of a team. I just love the idea of Stephen A. just assuming, and rightly assuming, that if he's out, the whole show falls apart. Like every like, it doesn't matter if what they can get whoever they can to fill in for. Nobody can fill in for Steve. That was Mason. the great take within the take. Oh, he's so he's just so great, and he's right. Like, and this is the problem though with Brooklyn with Kyrie, they can't trade him because Kyrie has said, "You trade me, I'll just retire." Like, he won't be happy anywhere. The guy's a nut. Like seriously, and some people who do have personal reservations, I disagree, but I'll hear you out on it. Kyrie Irving, his history tells you that he's just doing this to make it about himself and be a jerk. He's ruined every situation he's been in, whether it was in Cleveland, in Boston. And what's interesting about this to me, and I don't know if you read this the same way, Mike, um, I don't think the Nets come out and make this statement and take this stance 
unless they check with KD first. And I think KD said, yeah, I mean, he's got to get vaccinated. He can't be a part-time guy. And, and you know, he because KD is the most powerful person in that organization. No, nah, I don't think it's that. Really? I think Kevin Durant is not sweating over, you know, Brooklyn's chances of winning, you know, every single October, November game. I, I think... He understands that the Nets will be perfectly fine if Kyrie Irving's just sitting on ice. And so, you, you think know. he'll eventually get vaccinated? I don't know. I I think I, I'm not sure with Kyrie. Yeah, I'm not. I, if I'm Durant, though, I'm just like, do I have to? You know, I ask myself, do I have to deal with this right now, or can I just punt this? No, I don't have to deal with this right now. We'll we'll be fine. I can revisit this in three months. Who cares? Yeah. Well, maybe, but I it's it's a crazy situation. Uh, both both the Nets and Sixers next week and next Friday night should be interesting. We don't know who's going to be on the floor for either team, uh, but it'll be interesting either way. Well, we know eight of the ten, right? But we don't know two of the most important players who would be participating in that game, uh, Ben or Kyrie. We don't know if either of them will be out there. But before we get out, I do want to give you my prediction on this game. On Thursday night, um, I don't see this one going well for the Eagles. Not to be negative, uh, I would love to say, you know, I I think they're going to capitalize on that energy. Short week at home, short week at uh, when you're playing at home. Typically, the numbers do favor the home team. I don't think the Eagles get this one done. I don't think they have any way to slow down Tom Brady. Even if big play Slake follows around one of those receivers, who are you going to put him on? You're going to put him on Evans. Uh, you still got to cover Godwin and, and AB. Um, so I, I don't think the Eagles can stop them. I'm going to go Bucks 37 to 24 in this game. I think the Eagles can put up some points, uh, but I like the Bucks to win the game. I like the Bucks to cover the spread. So that is my prediction for this one. Uh, Mike, do you want to make a pick or are you going to make your pick with Janssen tomorrow night? My pick is. Uh... Take the under. I think 52 and a half is pretty wild. Oh, so you're going over on this game. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so I, I, I think I think this game, I, I actually might fade you on that. I like the over in this game. Uh, I think I think there are going to be a lot of points scored. I think Brady just wants to, you know, get you know get out there and want, do what he has to do to win the game and then get out of there and be fun and, you know, move on. All right. Well, uh, that's my pick. And then real quick, WIP fantasy update. Uh, how'd your team do this week, Mike? I lost um to james seltzer you can always uh, tell how your team did based on how quickly we get to the update right and it took us two nights this week um and, and yeah really Jay- the final minute yeah seltzer seltzer uh took me apart uh by 35 points 160 to 124 but still hanging in in very strong fifth place position at uh three and two right now one spot ahead of you yeah i'm also three and two but uh yeah you have uh, yeah better differential than me but Whatever points, however they figure it Point out. Point total, yeah. Uh, who you got this week? Uh, this week I have um, a turtle, mm-hmm. I believe. Oh, turtles in first place. Oh wow! So you can do the rest of the league a favor here. Okay. And how'd you do last week? Oh, I just destroyed Porter. Just absolutely destroyed him. One sixty-six to ninety-four. Okay. Well, well, sounds good. Well, we'll see how things go. How are you feeling about Saquon? You have Saquon, right? Um, yeah, I'm not feeling great. I have him in a, you, a few you have, all, you have the NFC East I have the team. whole NFC East on my team. It's pretty uh, pretty incredible. I have Saquon, Gibson, Dak, uh, Amari Cooper, uh, Dalton Schultz I just picked up. So, yeah. Uh, one of these weeks. Tooney. So, uh, do I have him? Did I pick him up? Uh, yeah, and you've Galladay. Nice. 
Yeah, I'm, I, I just want my whole team to be NFC East players by the end of the year. And note, I have no Eagles. <laughs> I have Tony Pollard, uh, but I don't have any. I don't have any Eagles. I keep um, with my defense. I keep fading whoever the Eagles are playing. Okay, or fading the Eagles and you know taking them. Yeah, well, not not a bad not a bad prediction as long as Sirianni keeps calling plays like this. But that'll do it for the show tonight. Thanks to Mike Angelina for producing. Next up, we'll talk to Al for the overlap show. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.